is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Well, hello there, friends. Good to see you. The Monty Show, uh, live on your, hopefully your cell phone and your TV, July 19th, 2023. How are you? Hope you're having a good Wednesday. The program, as always, is brought to you by our good friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business. I tell you every day on the show, you never pay the advocates unless and until they win your case. So did you get hurt at work yesterday? Hey, did you get in a car accident? Did somebody hit you because they were driving distracted? Were you riding your bicycle, your scooter? Were you just walking down the street? If you're injured and you need representation or you're asking yourself, hey, do I need a lawyer? The answer is yes. Chat with an attorney live online for free. You don't pay a penny to get the best legal advice in the business at theadvocates.com, utahadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Good to see everybody on board uh, this fine Wednesday. A lot to get to today. Um, As usual, today will be a show where we tell you repeatedly, obsessively to the point where you want to punch your cell phone that we're right and we know everything. But I mean, you know, you, you already knew that right. uh, and that we were good looking and stuff because, well, we are. And it's true. Uh, we have to talk about the the Pac-12 today a lot. Uh, we've got ESPN coming up for you. Who won San Diego State or the Mountain West Conference? Um, but this situation with our good friends at the Pac-12 is very interesting uh, because, you know, yesterday on the program, we were uh, live right when all the news broke from Heather Dinich, ESPN. I don't know why I said it like that, but she reported that a deal with the Pac-12 and a media partnership group uh, was imminent, but will not be announced uh, this week before Pac-12 Football Media Day on Friday. And so, of course, we went digging last night, um, talked to multiple sources around the conference and in the TV industry, and we have been told exclusively here on the show that they, the Pac-12, and I'm going to describe to you the way it was described to me by two different sources, confirmed by a third, that the Pac-12 had a TV deal on the table that they felt like they could they could live with. The executive committee, the new executive committee came in and turned it over and essentially said, not good enough, we need to get back out. It did not make it to all 10 members of the conference. Um, this new board of directors, according to my sources, said we need a better deal than this. I am told that it was about 80% streaming and 20% regional distribution, uh, which was not good enough. Uh, I am told that it went back out. I am also told that as of last week, the Pac-12 and Amazon have had conversations again. Nothing seems to be close on that front, but the very fact that Amazon Prime Sports and the Pac-12 are back at the table tells you that George Klyovkov and the Pac-12 are back out trying to get a deal done. Now, I think it's probably harsh, but it was described to me last night by sources over text that the Pac-12 was begging, and another phrase that was used by a different source was hat in hand looking for a deal. And what it 
what it essentially means is the Pac-12 is talking to a large number of distribution partners trying to find a deal that they believe that their membership will agree to a grant of rights on. And again, as we've reported on this show for the better part of 10 months, it's going to be very difficult to get a grant of rights done in the Pac-12. I don't think it matters what the TV deal looks like. I think there are going to be disagreements about what a deal should be structured like and who should get what money. I think the other major part of this is, according to sources, the Pac-12 is not close to a TV deal or a media rights deal at this point. And again, with all due respect to Heather Dinich at ESPN, who I believe, and many sources I spoke to believe she is she is talking to Kurt Schultz at Washington State, I don't, and my sources don't see that a TV deal is close. And Jake, I think this becomes the problem for the Pac-12 and really for all of its media rights partners is you have all these other sources saying a deal is close. So the expectation is a deal is going to be announced any day. And frankly, nine out of 10 people we talked to about this say that no deal is close and any day is not going to happen. Yeah, and I think that there's definitely a, 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 there's definitely momentum behind the question for the Pac-12 of why do we why do we keep getting Pac-12 people or, or people with sources in the Pac-12 allegedly um, saying that a deal is coming, that a deal is close, that a deal is imminent. Why would you continue to put out this narrative or this messaging or 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 this campaign almost about how a TV deal is close when when you've been riding that horse for probably what six months at a minimum, if not longer than that? Um, and and it just hasn't come to fruition. And I think you know uh, again th- we had a long, a really good discussion on the show yesterday about the quality of Heather Dinich's work, and it's and it's great A. It's really good. And I think this is what happens to to reporters in these situations who do great work. Again, she does outstanding work. But as a reporter, you're put in a rock in a hard place, which I think is something that not a lot of people talk about with the Pac-12 situation. Because as a reporter, let's say she was talking to Kirk Schultz. And, and I believe that, but obviously... You know, you can only go so far. It's not a fact, but it is, It is. you know, agreed upon by a lot of people. So if she's talking to Kirk Schultz and Kirk is telling her, hey, the Pac-12 deal is close, as a reporter, you know that that's been reported on for a long time, but you also know it's your job to report things. So what are you supposed to do? So it's like, hey, the media doesn't have a choice but to continue reporting it. The Pac-12, for whatever reason, thinks it's a good idea to continue saying it. And then we get news that, hey, you had a TV deal, but that wasn't quite good enough, which on its own is incredible. I mean, we could do a whole show on the idea that they turned down a TV deal, which, again, brings me right back to the whole thing that we talked about last week, which is your board rolling over in the middle of you trying to find a media right, uh, yeah. a media rights deal because everyone wants to say, "Oh, this is just standard procedure. This is nothing like this is nothing to shake a stick." It's a at. normal timetable, and, and and it's like, dude, it it may be a normal timetable. That is true. That the 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 frequency with which the board rolls over is unchanged. But the problem is, and the thing you can't get away from is when you signed your last TV deal, you needed to be aware of when your board rolls over. So if you're going to sign a, you know, a, a five-year deal, hey, does this deal end in July? Does it end in, you know, uh, like, January? Wait, what, how like, does that impact yeah. the turnover on the board? And listen, I think this is 
a situation that the Pac-12 has never dealt with, obviously. you I don't know that you could forecast this, but again, the problem isn't the problem. The way you handle the problem is what the problem's been in the conference. And again, from having President Kosse move off the board of directors was not the issue. Having Kirk Schultz become the chairman of the Pac-12 board of directors is the issue. Having Bobby Robbins, the president in Arizona, become a member of the the Pac-12 board of directors when he's been one of the most vocal critics of of the situation, when he's a guy who's openly talked about leaving the conference and having affinities, that's the issue. The problem's not the problem. You're the problem because of the way that you're reacting to it. And I think whether that's in life or this Pac-12 deal, it's a rule to live by, right? But what you're hearing is, and what we're telling you is the Pac-12 had a deal on the table that they could easily have accepted. But the, this new board is, is not going to sign a grant of rights or agree to kick it down to the rest of the conference if it's 80% streaming. That's the, that, to me, is, is the big story that's coming out of this. You had, a, you had a distribution deal that had 80% of your sports content in the Pac-12 on streaming. And your board of directors said, we're not even going to bring this to our membership. It's not good enough. Now, part of me says, hey, that's very good news because the Pac-12 recognizes that an 80% streaming deal just is not going to get them the reach that they need. But part of me also says, is that not the best deal this conference can get? And again, I just tell you the same thing that we have said for months and months. We have continued to hear that this deal is $19.7 million per year per school. $200 million, round it up if you want. That's not good enough. And so the question becomes, is that the the top of the mountain for the Pac-12? I don't believe that there's a better deal out there. I, I truly do not. And you listen to what Brett Yormark talked about at Big 12 Media Days where he said, hey, there's not a better deal out there this year. If we were at the table now, we probably wouldn't get the deal we had last year. Like, I don't believe that there is a windfall. And we Heather Dinich at ESPN again reported yesterday, and, and I think we still have the graphic, but Heather Dinich reported yesterday that, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, this is one of those situations where you have – all 10 members in lockstep, that you have all 10 members who've agreed in principle to a grant of rights. Only problem with that is Bobby Robbins in Arizona has said that's not true. Well, and I think the point you've been on about how, you know, this is Bobby Robbins getting on the board has Carol Fold at USC 2.0 written all over it. And I wonder, you know, I, I don't disagree that the, the Pac-12 TV deal can't be 80% streaming. I mean, you just can't the 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 viewership and the reach landscape is not yet in a place where you know you can have 80% streaming 20% tv That's i agree right. with that at the same time it reeks of hey bobby robbins is is has an agenda and and i'm not saying bobby robbins is solely responsible for this deal never getting to the rest of the conference but it just it begs the question like hey this is somebody who really values the big 12 and really values his institutions relationship or or position with with the big 12 and what that could possibly look like so is he is he motivated to be harsher on what a deal would look like because i have to say if i was the pac-12 we're getting to that point where it's the 19th of july like we're getting to that point where hey like this can't go on till next year and i know that sounds ludicrous that sounds crazy 
But if we got to January and they still didn't have a deal and we're still having this conversation, what then? But can you honestly say you'd be surprised? Because I, I, I am no longer the guy that's like, oh, my God, it's it's November and we don't have a deal. I'm not surprised. Right. Because that's what this whole process has been. Because they, I guess, are not willing to, you know, embrace streaming. And I guess that's really where the conversation comes now, down see, to. I don't, I don't think I can agree with that. I don't think I would say that the Pac-12 doesn't embrace streaming. I think what they don't embrace is the majority of their athletic content on streaming. And I think this goes back to why Amazon Prime Sports is back in the conversation. Or I And I want to be very careful because it was described to me succinctly that Amazon Prime Sports and the Pac-12 have had talks. They have had conversations. I don't know that that, that and I asked, hey, is that negotiation? And the answer was not necessarily. I think the Pac-12 is taking a shotgun approach which is they're talking to as many people as will pick up the phone. And we know that that the options have dwindled significantly. I think ESPN and Fox are not tier one partners. I think we told you first last August, almost a year ago, that Fox Sports was out on tier one at the Pac-12. And lo and behold, they're out on tier one at the Pac-12. ESPN, we have told you, has made it very clear they are not going to surpass $90 million a year in total to the Pac-12. They're not going to do that. That's a football game a week at ESPN. And that is, by by our sourcing, two, maybe three games a week across all of ESPN's platforms. So not TV, ESPN+, Plus, ESPN.com. ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, which the Pac-12, I am told, is vehemently against having their product on ESPNU. They don't feel like there's reach in that. All of which is to say, I'm not on the, the, the spot to say that the Pac-12 doesn't embrace streaming. I think the Pac-12 doesn't embrace 100% streaming. And I don't believe that the Pac-12 wants more than half of its games on streaming. And, and I understand it. Because you're taking a huge risk, a huge risk in reducing the, the limited reach you already have that you've dealt with for a decade. If you go, if you go 80% streaming, let's say you put eight out of your 10 football games on streaming, that's going to limit your reach. And I also think that Amazon Prime Sports, with all due respect to Apple TV, Amazon Prime Sports is the only place that you can go if you're going to do a significant chunk of your product on stream. Because the reach that Amazon Prime offers, the fact that you have integrated platforms, if if I buy noodle golf balls on Amazon Prime, I have Amazon Prime Video. And Amazon, but from what I understand, I have been told that Amazon is going to shift significant resources behind promoting their sports products which they have not done in the past outside of Thursday Night Football, by the way. They have not spent significant resources promoting their business. I don't even know how many people that watch this show know Amazon Prime has Amazon Prime Sports Talk. Did you even know that? The majority of people are going to say no, but it's every day they have, I think, five shows that are live doing sports talk Monday through Friday. They don't promote it. 
I am told that they are going to spend significantly more resources behind promoting, especially live sporting events, which makes sense if you're paying for, which I am told is Friday night Pac-12 football on Amazon Prime Sports, a game of the week, which is what we've been reporting since October. Amazon's only interested in one game a week. They would promote that, which you would expect, because what does that do? That gives them a bridge between Thursday night football and Saturday soccer, which you get a lot of other programming on Amazon Prime Sports over the weekend. If you can have NFL on Thursday and Pac-12 football on Friday, that makes perfect sense that you would put resources behind promoting that. So Amazon, it makes sense to me that Amazon's back at the table. But this, this incident where, and I say incident because that's the word that was described to me as, this incident where this new board of directors came in and said, this deal's not good enough. We're not going to filter it down. That makes sense to me because it, 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 in my opinion, explains why we've heard so often, hey, it's coming, it's imminent, it's imminent, it's imminent, it's imminent. Because there was a deal that George Klyovkov felt was the right deal for the Pac-12 and the board of directors tabled it. And I think that's why you have a board of directors. But I, I don't know what the right answer is. Mm -hmm. I, I Frankly, I this is the first time in probably six months that I'm going to say, I don't have a real firm handle on where this deal ends up. I don't know what the end game is. I would have told you that I think it would have been Amazon Prime Sports and, and ESPN a year ago, I would have told you that. But then when, when we were talking to people and they were telling us, hey, Amazon only wants a Friday night game of the week, you needed three people if Amazon was going to be involved then. Yeah. NBC Universal seems like the exact right partner. And I will say this. There are some tea leaves and stars aligning on this ESPN story. One of the other things that really has um, tweaked a good bit of our listenership is that we have really, we have really good sourcing at ESPN and in the TV networks that have told us Disney is under no circumstance going to sell ESPN. Yeah. How long have we been talking about that on this show? Long time. Probably the better part of six months. And what did Bloomberg report yesterday? And what has Bob Iger said? We are not selling ESPN. Thanks. But what are they looking for? They are looking for an equity partner. Notice they didn't say an equity investor. They're looking for an equity partner. Well, what's the difference? Well, that's somebody that's going to buy in, but not necessarily with cash, but resources. And so on the, the Marshan podcast, which John Aran from Sports Business Journal Andrew Marshan from the New York Post. I thought a very good point was raised. Well, who's the perfect partner for that? Well, that'd be Comcast. And if you look at what Comcast brings to the table, uh, they bring a very robust balance sheet. They are in excellent financial position. Comcast has massive sports footprint that is very well managed and very well run. And now all of a sudden, we're starting to find out that ESPN and Comcast are going to do business together. What do those two have in common? Well, that'd be the Pac-12. Yep. They're both in bed with the Pac-12 and not in a good way. Comcast is owed $70 million and now it's less than that because Comcast is already withholding payment from, from the Pac-12 networks because of carriage fee miscalculations. And you have ESPN, who I think would like to hang on to a very small piece 
of the Pac-12. I think they would like a football game a week. Yeah, yeah. So now you put those two together, and what do you get? Well, you guys already owe me $70 million, and we're withholding. So let's do a deal with ESPN slash Comcast and Amazon Prime Sports. That was that was brought to me last night, and it makes a hell of a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I, I think from Comcast's side, that makes sense. I think, you know, yeah, I, I, I think that this has always been the Pac-12's issue. You know, nobody wants the, the entire kit and caboodle, if you will, with the Pac-12. They want a game a week, or they want this little piece or that little piece. So you have to find a way to bridge that gap. And, and, and that's why I say, like, I, it, it is, I, I have to admit, in my opinion, it is fascinating that you would turn down a, t, uh, a deal, a media deal this late in the game. I mean, that, that, that takes a lot of balls and makes me wonder just what exactly it's going to take for you to, to feel like it's an acceptable opportunity. But I also feel like what does the Pac-12 have to lose by doing that? Well, I mean, just just the existence of your conference. I mean, you know, you. But I, you, but see, I don't I don't view it that way. The well, Pac-12 is going to have a media rights deal. They're going to have a deal. It's going to happen tomorrow. Probably not. A year from tomorrow. Well, it'll probably happen within that window, right? I, if they're going to get a deal done. But there's no hurry now, because it's so painful already. You've already poured a truckload of salt in the wound. Yeah. How much more damage can you do if you? You wait till August. And by the way, what is working in favor of the Pac-12? Well, there's restructuring and realignment, not in college football, in the media world, where you have Bob Iger trying to do a deal with Comcast, right? You have Amazon Prime Sports, who seems like on a on a monthly basis, Amazon is trying to find ways to boost its stock price, which by the way, if you haven't bought Amazon stock, you're crazy. It was at $84 when I got it. It's $135 this morning. Amazon's on the way up. They have a little more room to be creative with their board of directors, right? The market is changing. I don't believe, and I agree with, with what Brett Yormark said last week, I don't believe that there's a $30 million deal out there for, for the Pac-12. I don't see that. What I do see is that you have a situation where the Pac-12 can exist I think they can keep eight of their 10 members. I think they can expand to get back to 10. And I think they go on about business. I think that's just the reality of it. But these ideas about pro ratas that we deserve, that shit's gone, bro. Like there's no such thing as the pro rata you deserve. Look at what happened to San Diego State. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But San Diego State's a cautionary tale. You think you move the needle, but do you even? Yeah. And the answer is you don't. And you don't have, there's no such thing as this pro rata you deserve, Adela. There, it, that does not exist because grant of rights and pro ratas, in my opinion, are coming to an end. The, the last of the Mohicans on this deal was the Big 12 TV deal. Yep. And I don't think we'll ever see another deal like that. And you look at the Big 10 deal, and I'm telling you, that is why, in my opinion, it's not the Big 12 that gutted the Pac-12. I think it's that Big 10 TV deal that has really made life very difficult for the Pac-12. That's $100 million from NBC, CBS, and Fox. Yeah. That's $100 million. NBC Universal bought one game a week, or excuse me, one wild card playoff game for Peacock. That is crippling 
to the Pac-12. Because it changed the way that business is done. Yeah. Now, on the good side of that, again, all these all these realignments and mergers that are potentially in partnerships and equity stakes that could be happening, well, that kind of reverses the tide a little bit and helps the Pac-12. Yeah, I just think that, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't disagree that, hey, you know, it's been so painful to this point. Why be in a rush now? I don't disagree with that logic. I just think that, it, 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 yeah. It's I, not ideal. I, I just Certainly. think it's incredibly ballsy to be turning down opportunities and 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 I my philosophy is that is that this conference needs uh it, it needs cash they need an influx of resources uh, this conference and, needs stability yeah and I think that that you, you we can sit here and say that hey well how much worse could it get well it can get a lot worse but as, as the longer the TV deal goes with or the longer you go without having one that's less recruits that's less momentum that's like I I, I just I, it can't go on the rest as of the year as long as they like, get this done by kickoff I think everything's fine. Wow. I think the longer you go, the more risk there is that you're going to lose Arizona and Colorado. And I am in the camp after after getting back into conversations with a lot of different people around this situation. I am I am in the belief system that Colorado's gone. I think Colorado's going to go almost without question. I think they just there. Colorado's that team where you could hand them fifty million dollars and they'd be like, Nah, go ahead and keep that. We're going to the Big Twelve. I feel like it doesn't matter the money that you throw at Colorado. I think I think they want to move, so I think they're going to move. Yeah, I don't. And, and by the way, W H E Y. I don't think that's a death knell for the Pac-12. Losing Colorado, not the end of the world. Now Arizona, that's a that's a problem. If August twenty sixth is week one. If you lose, and and that's but again, that's why I say I, you've got. As long as you have a deal by August 26th, I think you're fine. Yeah. Now, I think I would guess that you're going to get one in the next 11 days. That is, That was something else that I heard, that they should be able to wrap this up. And my guess is ESPN and Comcast already have a deal. Yeah. I, I, mean, Bob I, I Iger's not. Sense. Bob Iger's not out here talking about equity partners if he doesn't have an equity partner. Yeah. Like Bob Iger's a lot of things. He's not stupid. Yeah. And he is an absolute savage in the boardroom. Mm-hmm. He's not this. I believe that they have a, they, they have a partnership already and you get it on a podcast, the magnitude of Andrew Marshan and John Arand. I don't, it, it's done. It, it, that did to me, that deal is, I think that's going to happen. If that happens, I think ESPN and, and Comcast all of a sudden become much more important to the Pac-12. And I think that the other part of this, and again, let me read some comments because there's one other piece that I want to talk about and we've talked about for a long time on this show. Uh, first one in today, Emma and ZZ World gives us $4.99 to say, y'all got any more of that pro rata? You guys rock GBR. I don't know what GBR means. I, I probably GBR. should, but thank you for the $5. We really appreciate it. You guys, all the money that you give us goes into the infrastructure of this show. As you can see wraps and new studios and, and big 12 new media days and uh, big the heart of the SEC in Dallas. Yeah. I mean the big 12, by the way, real quick, real quick. Am I the only one that's stunned that nobody in the SEC media pool asked Kirby smart about the, the DUI accident, the speeding tickets, um. the, I'm not, am I the only one? 
Oh, the big, bad, vaunted SEC conference where the media has no teeth. Yeah. Which is amazing to me. And I understand it. If you cover Georgia, you probably don't want to ask that question. You're going to have Ugga chewing on your balls. I totally get that. You can't tell me there's not one media person. Not one. And all of them are there. Not one that was willing to step up to Kirby Smart and say, hey, is this a systematic program-wide problem Program that you have with alcohol, with cars, with speeding? And I understand that Kirby Smart made a statement and he used a prepared statement to address the situation, but you didn't ask a follow-up question? That was a, that was a little surprising to me. Hero75 gives us $5 to say Disney already has a relationship with Comcast. Disney owns two-thirds of Hulu. Comcast owns a third. So it would make sense if they could work together on ESPN. And by the way, what else did Bob Iger say? Uh, we're not selling Hulu. We're not selling Hulu. And Hero75 is exactly right. Yeah. They already did a business deal on Hulu. That's a really good point. And Disney's not selling Hulu. Yeah. You'll sell FX. You'll sell ABC. I do think they would sell off the, some of their struggling assets at Disney. And and some people have brought up Disney Plus. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. But they're not going to sell Hulu, which I think plays right into their Comcast relationship. Yep. So I, I, I would point. agree with that. Great Mike point. Smith, good morning to you. After waiting months and months for this PAC uh, media deal, it will be so anticlimactic. I think that's a real risk. I think it's a real, real risk. Mike also says, I hit the like button. Uh, it hit back. Now I have an STD. Damn. Well, listen, I mean, there's topical ointments for that, Mike. Not all is lost. Not all is lost. You know what I mean? Like Topical ointment. Topical. Do not know what topical ointment is. You ever had a fly bite? I have like a thousand of them. Um, I think you should all hit the like button. It really helps the channel grow. Um, Please, please do that. And while you're doing that, let's pop a buckshot. Uh, from Bucked Up Energy, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. We talk about them every day on the show. And the one thing I don't ever want you to forget about Bucked Up, and I think this matters to me, and I know it matters to most of you, Bucked Up is a small family-owned business that's turned into a behemoth. They are exactly what the, this country and this world represents. You have a dream and a vision, and you, and you blow that thing up to be the best energy and supplement company in the world based in Lehigh, Utah. It's amazing, and they make a product called Buckshot. I tell you guys every day on this show, Buckshot is vital to us um, because I get 200 milligrams of caffeine in here, but I also get a lot of stuff that raises my mental ability, and you guys know, as stupid as I am, without Buckshot, I would be less stupid than Jake still. As Marshawn said, you got to take care of your mentals, man. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. And it it's great. Buckshot watermelon is my favorite. Blood Raz is second. But what's going to happen is you're going to have a noticeable lift in, in your, your mental clarity. You're going to have energy. It's going to be long lasting and it's clean. That's what Bucked Up is all about. Buckshot, they're Buck Bars right now. Hey, by the way, here's, here's the wrapper right here. People ask me all the time. Oh, hey, man. Do you actually eat Buck Bars? Yeah, I do. Hey, man. Yeah, I do. Multiple times every day. I have two Buck Bars a day, and I'm telling you, they're unbelievable. They taste good. 
they're, I, I, the word I use is decadent because they taste so damn good and they taste good because they use things like dates, um, fresh from the tropics. So they're really flavorful. It's the ultimate guilt-free indulgence that delivers you reliable energy with really good ingredients. So you also get the highest level of nutrition. Get in the description of this show below and get a free sample pack of Buck Bars. You can also get a free sample pack of Buckshot. They'll send you six Buckshots right to your front door for free in the description below. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. And if you need your creatines, and again, if you're somebody that trains a lot, my wife is doing these triathlons now. She's using Bucked Up Endurance. and she Do you even it. lift? She absolutely loves the endurance product. I tell you, she also uses greens. We use collagen peptides. We use their proteins. Hook it up, buckedup.com. Use the promo code Monty to get 20% off at checkout. One other angle on this situation with the Pac-12. One of the things I find so interesting is the relationship between ESPN and Amazon. And this is something we've talked about for months as well. And it's something that we've taken a ton of heat on. That, oh, Amazon would never do business with ESPN. Really? I think Amazon and ESPN make fine partners. I told you October, November, ESPN was refusing to get in a bidding war with Amazon because they don't view Amazon as competition. ESPN, ESPN2, the networks, plus.com are very different than Amazon Prime. And the two don't dislike each other or hate each other. They're not really competitors. And again, if we're talking about the business acumen of a guy like Bob Iger and Jimmy Pitaro, who runs ESPN, it is very clear to me from the people that we talk to in the TV industry that ESPN and Amazon are trying to find ways to commingle their content. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And if you look at this situation with the Pac-12, I think there's a real chance that ESPN and Amazon wind up being in that same pool in that they will both carry Pac-12 content. And I think ESPN's just fine with that. And I think Amazon's just fine with that. So to all the naysayers who said they could never partner, and we've been telling you for months, ESPN does not view Amazon Prime Sports as a competitor. I think it makes perfect sense to have shared content between ESPN and Amazon Prime. Yeah, and I think that... You know, again, ESPN is just such a juggernaut in the space that I think these other, you know, these other entities always have to ask the question, you know, is it a benefit for us to work with ESPN, even though they're technically a competitor, if you will? And and I think for Amazon, with where Amazon's at with their sports division, it makes perfect sense. I mean, again, yeah. I, I, I think people always lose sight of the fact that the 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 best way to run your business is following the path of a business before you. And ESPN has been the one that's laid the yellow brick road for how you do live sports and how you do, you know, certain things 100%. a certain type of way. hundred percent. I agree. A hundred. I, I, it only makes sense. You yeah. want to, it, the best of business is done with people who are the best of the business. And, I think ESPN and Amazon are, are titans, dude. Let's get your comments in here, OG Gary. First one in this morning, What's Gary. Up, Gary? Let's go, my guy. Dude, he it's says, only Let's been go. 11 hours. How have you been, bro? It's been so long. We miss you. Renee Roca, the Utah 12 stream team. Exactly right. WTX1971, ooh, you're older than me, uh, says third. 
Rene Roca says the Utah 12 stream team will leave no rock unturned. They'll patch together a media deal. Get ready for the CW Pac-12 after dark Tuesday nights following <laughs> Charles in charge. <laughs> Bro. Charles in charge. Charles in charge of my days and my nights. You don't even know that show, do you? Do you um, know who Scott Bayo is? No. You don't. I know. That's not a good thing that I know the words to that song. <laughs> to the theme song to Charles in Charge. How, come on. What other show is pulling the words to Charles in Charge theme oh, song? What are you talking about? Are man? you kidding me right now? Come on. Uh, Garrison, what's up, my guy? Wow, early start today. Yes, Garrison, long time no see. Glad you're here, my man. Uh, Derek Myrie says, wow, the Pac-10 sucks. Okay. Uh, Tanner Plummer, what's up, guys? Anyone know why they're starting early today? Well, because we're here to talk MLS in, in the amazing Real Salt Lake. Well, can you hear the game? or What game? Well, any of the MLS games. Can you uh, can you hear the game? Because I couldn't hear you know the Messi introduction. I, I wasn't I wasn't aware that Messi was in MLS. Wow, because that was on Apple. T I'll stop. Uh, Jay Chapman says early start today. Indeed, Kadu. Good morning to you, Saul Goodman. What it do, Saul? See what he, so see what he did there. So yesterday on the show, Saul Goodman. We were talking about our favorite actors. By the way, Mrs. Monty bought the tickets for Oppenheimer. Let's this go. Weekend. Can you see Oppenheimer not? In IMAX. No, that's a crime. That's a crime. Seriously, that's a crime. Like, go on the internet. Okay. Christopher Nolan, IMAX, Oppenheimer. Watch Buddy talking about how long the film reel is for the movie. It's like three miles or something ridiculous. We're going to see Oppenheimer this weekend. But <clears throat> Saul Goodman, by the way, you prick. Um, <laughs> Look at me. He, he brought up Bob Odenkirk, of course, yesterday as his favorite actor. Mm-hmm. I get in the car, flip on Howard Stern yesterday after the show, and who's on the show? <laughs> Bob Odenkirk, and what's he talking about? Better Call Saul is what he's talking about, which is an amazing show, by the way. Amazing show. So, Saul, thank you. You're living rent-free in my head. I hope you appreciate that. Uh, Saul also says Pac-12, uh, Pac-10. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you already know to what To which it Tanner is, Plummer says Pac-10. Pac-10. Uh, Saul Goodman, Clea, uh, George Kleavnokok is saying, please. His cock. You know. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Jay Chapman says the four schools that are leaving promise Monty no announcement till show 1000. That's what. Dude. And I didn't want to tell people that. Yeah. I didn't want to tell people I mean, the, that. The, uh, now, I could be wrong, but our sources are telling us that show 1000 is imminent. But I'm not quite sure if we can confirm that. Show 1000 will not happen before Pac-12 Football Media Day on Friday. <laughs> I, I can confirm that. You know, um, Tanner Plummer says, is this morning time slot permanent? No. No. Uh, Mike Smith listens to the show. You should listen to Mike Smith. K-W-U-K-S-U. Uh, oh, my God. Take away their Power 5 status and give it to the Mountain West. Then let's see where the dominoes fall. Yeah, boy. And there's a lot of people talking about that. There's a lot of people talking about that. Saul Goodman says Kirby is on Coke. Bro. Wow. This conversation, I don't know if we get to it today, but this conversation about 
Kirby being the best college football coach in the country right now. Yeah, I'm not having that. Yeah, I'm not here for no, that, no. bro. Your your best now, college football coaches don't have multiple DUIs and speeding tickets in the same summer. Yeah, just repeatedly. because just because Kirby's program is first team all SRT doesn't make him the best college first football coach. First team all SRT. <laughs> wow. <laughs> People will die. <laughs> we clear on that? Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, Derek uh, Roche says, are there bucked up ointments? I mean, we could arrange that. I mean, they are innovative uh, at bucked up. I mean, we could absolutely arrange that. Right, right. You know, um, <laughs> David Calmer, it put topical ointments on the skin or it gets uh, hose again. Buffalo Bill, give me them hoes. Uh, Mayor McCluskey, morning show equals the OGs are back. Yes, they are. Yes, we're doing a morning show today. Yeah. And every time we do a show in the morning, people are like, bros, bro, you got to. Here's the problem. Bros, Here's early. the problem. Dude, every time we used to do mornings, we moved to afternoons because we're like, hey, bro, do the afternoons. Do the afternoons. I'd love to have you on the drive home. Okay, we moved to afternoons. Numbers go way up. Show takes off. Okay, great. And then we do a morning show once a quarter, twice we a have, quarter. Because we have a client obligation. Obligate, we're playing in a golf tournament today. So we're doing the show early, right? Because, well, it that's the beauty of YouTube. Um, and people are like, oh, bro, got to do morning shows, bro. Yeah. Hey, that morning show shit really rocks my world, bro. <laughs> Nothing like a PDH listening to the morning show. <laughs> right? Like, hey, which is all well and good. Right? It's all well and good. I'm not getting up at 3.30 anymore. I'm not. I was all cuddled up under the covers with Mrs. Monty this morning, and having to get out of bed early is just like, no, man. Mm -mm. Saul Goodman says, great, guys. I got to eat, too. <coughs> Boyd Lake says, love the mornings. Tanner says, I'm seeing Oppenheimer next Tuesday. Can't wait. Still crazy that it's coming out the same day as Barbie. Are you seeing it in IMAX? Because I, I I really do think that it's important to see this can movie we, in IMAX. Can we please stop with Barbie movies? Bro, it's can, Margot Robbie, can bro. Can we ple please? Dude, it's Margot Robbie. If you're a gentleman and you have Barbie and you go or you go to the Barbie movies, put your balls in a jar and leave them on the counter at home. Because all I have in this world is my balls and my word. I have daughters. Well, that's your fault. Yeah. Okay? Like, <clears throat> I'm just saying. Anyway, Aaron Wilson says, what's poppin', boys? What's up? Uh, Mike Smith says, normal morning show would equal OD on buckshots. Seriously. Dude, you're not even kidding with that. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, gotta do the Australia time for Sally. Exactly. Giggity. Is Tanner seeing it Tuesday because he's going to Barbie this weekend? I believe that's true. Um, I believe that's true. Mike Smith, Margot Robbie is hot, but not enough for me to watch Barbie without some nudity. Well. Now. Now, now, listen, <laughs> you know, if, if, if they want to do is trying to control their little world, if Margot wants to do a fans only in the Barbie playhouse, fans I'm all only. about that. Or <laughs> only fans, whatever the fuck, shut up, <laughs> whatever, whatever. Anyway, yeah. the point is... Yeah, I mean, if, if Margot wants to do a, quote, tell-all in the Barbie movie, I'm sure everyone would show up. Uh, more of a show-all. Yeah. Not tell-all. Of course, Tanner says no, giggity, but I think my mom is going to see it. Aw, uh, mommy, daughter, mommy... Okay, that was not what I meant to say. You got to get stroked. <laughs> no, you don't, Brooks. Please don't go see Barbie. 
Yeah, save yourself. Let, let it be mommy-daughter time at Barbie. There's, yeah. There is no reason... There is no reason. Man, can you imagine the, the theater for Barbie movie? There's like something shaking in here that's driving my ears crazy. Yeah, so it's you. Stop shaking your <laughs> Anyway, that was probably uncalled for. Rick Forrester says, I'm hearing you guys from my hospital bed this morning. Damn, what? Rick. Dude, what happened? Don't die. We need every listener we can get. Yeah, bro. I mean, seriously, why, what why happened? are you? Final. Uh, got a uh, got the Australia time for salty. My bad, guys. Yeah, salty. I knew what you meant. Yeah, what time is it in Australia? Isn't it like three o'clock? It is it's something like that. Hey, uh, real quick update on the Mountain West because I want to get you guys your thoughts on this. I'm not amused um, about this, and I know you're not amused about this. The Mountain West versus San Diego State. Who won? Uh, we talked about it on the show yesterday. That Monday, the presidents in the Mountain West met. There was no announcement about San Diego State, which is what they talked about. We were told that there was no announcement on Monday because they were trying to figure out what tools they had available to them per the contract in the Mountain West, that their, their charter agreements. What could they do to punish San Diego State? Well, from what we understand, this is an unprecedented situation where somebody tries to withdraw from the Mountain West and then undoes that. So there really was nothing that was available to the Mountain West because nobody planned for this. Nobody had a contingency. Well, hey, if you try to leave and then you change your mind. So it was announced yesterday that the Mountain West will not do anything to San Diego State and that San Diego State must only pay the Mountain West Conference's legal bill for this whole fiasco of trying to withdraw from the conference and then not, which is, by sources, less than $100,000. So let's call it $100,000. That's the penalty that San Diego State will pay for being completely embarrassing business partners. And I, I don't know that I am ready to say that this is weakness or mishandled by the Mountain West, because what would you have had them do, Jake? Yeah, I would have had them penalize San Diego State. And everyone wants to sit here and die on the hill of, oh, well, they're a group of five conference and San Diego State was their headliner school. And, you know, they need San Diego State. And 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 what I'm here to say is your logic suggests, right, the logic of, hey, they're a group of five conference and they need San Diego State. Why do they need that? Well, because they need the money. So you're telling me that you had an opportunity to make extra money on San Diego State, and you chose exactly not to do that. And that's what I have a problem with in this situation. It's really not even about, you know, sticking it to San Diego State. That's not even my motivation in the conversation. My motivation is, A, to show that as a conference you've got some balls to you, but, B, to make some extra money, right? You, you, you. So you're a group of five conference. You don't make money and you have an opportunity to make some money, why not handle this and make them pay a fee? They should have to pay a fee to come back. Because I got news for you. Without San Diego State, the conference would still be fine. You'd still get a new TV deal. You'd still be able to renegotiate. You'd be fine. Now, is it ideal? No. 
do you want to lose San Diego State? Not necessarily. But but if you listen to what Gloria has said, the commissioner of the conference, Gloria Navarez, she said, hey, we've expected San Diego State to leave. We're ready. We're prepared. We yeah. have new schools to add. So don't tell me that they're desperate or that they're going to die without San Diego State because they're not. They've got a contingency plan. So my point is, what was the point of going through all this? At ultimately, what what was the point? Why didn't you just like why did the letter need to be made public? Why did you go through the whole thing just to have them pay a hundred thousand dollars to cover some legal fees? Well, what are we doing? But it, I, I also don't think that you can just make up penalties for people. You have a contract, right? I think it's I think the Mountain West was in a very difficult situation, like to the fact where people just did not appreciate how difficult the situation was for the Mountain West. I don't see what else they could have done. The only other theory that I've heard that makes sense is that San Diego State is still going to join the, the Pac-12, and they will then have to pay a $34 million exit fee to join the Pac-12. So not allowing San Diego State to stay in the conference, which was never an option, would have damaged the Mountain West penalizing San Diego State, making them pay, what, $7 million, $6.6 million, which, by the way, I'm told on Monday night was transferred to uh, San Diego State. They were given official written notice yesterday that they were a member in good standing of the, the Mountain West Conference. That would have damaged the, the Mountain West Conference, withholding that money, a protracted legal battle would have damaged the Mountain West Conference. And if you'd have withheld the $6.6 million, you would have wound up in, in litigation over it, whether that be arbitration or court. And that doesn't make sense for anybody. When the reality is, and what I think the Mountain West realizes, because I believe that San Diego State has told the Mountain West, our plan is still to withdraw next year and join the Pac-12. It's just going to cost $34 million to do it. And that's a win-win for, for the Mountain West, in my opinion. If you're the Mountain West and you're Gloria Navarez and, and you're all the other members of the Mountain West Conference, your win is the $34 million that it is inevitably going to get from San Diego State. Because this idea now that San Diego State is going to somehow write another letter and what are you going to do, request a, a, another 30-day extension? That's not happening. You're going to request a payment plan? That's not happening. You know damn well that when San Diego State withdraws, and they will to join the Pac-12, they now owe $34 million. It's a win-win for the Mountain West. This made perfect sense. I don't believe that San Diego State got off easy. I do believe they embarrassed the, the Mountain West. I believe that they damaged their own brand at San Diego State. I think they humiliated themselves. But did the Mountain West really take damage over this situation with San Diego State? No, I don't believe it did. Because they didn't lose that TV market. They have another year of that money. They're going to keep San Diego State's Final Four money. Like, I, I don't see... And I think this is also one of the propositions that the Mountain West faced. If we litigate this and we go to court on this or arbitration on this, what damage are we going to show that San Diego State did that we're going to penalize them $6.6 .6 million for? Did they miss a game? No. Did they miss a payment? No. Like, you, so you didn't do brand damage that you can prove because I don't believe outside of San Diego State looking like a bunch of dumbasses, I don't believe that there was brand damage to the Mountain West.
So the question again is, if we're talking about contracts, and let's let's remember that this is a contractual argument. This isn't, well, fandom and San Diego State deserves better. No, this is contract law. In contract law, what damage was done to the Mountain West? I don't see that there was damage done to the Mountain West. All the damage was self-inflicted by San Diego State. So punishing San Diego State outside of contractual language for $6.6 million, which again, you can't do. It just seems like this was the only option that the Mountain West Conference had. Yeah, maybe. But the next time someone walks all over them won't be the first time, and that's exactly what happened here. You you had a school uh, leave the conference in yeah. writing and then got back into the conference for free and now is going to leave the conference again. So Right, but they're, they're leaving the conference and cutting a check for $34 million to do it. Yeah, yeah. And I just it, and, disagree with the philosophy of it. But, I get the money mix. But sense. nothing changes. They're still leaving, in my opinion. I think they're going to leave a year from now. They'll be in the Pac-12 a year from now. Yeah. So that hasn't changed. The only thing that's changed is they're going to pay seven. Instead of 17, they're going to pay 34. That's it. Now, how they're going to pay that, I have no idea. Because San Diego State, honestly, it, 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 from what I understand, San Diego State has a, a pretty significant debt load. And they are not making money on their athletics right now. So they are, they are not profitable on athletics at San Diego State. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly where they come up with that $34 million. And by the way, I understand it. Even if it's $20 million, you're making 4.4 in the Mountain West. It's well worth the move. Because you're immediately, and if I'm San Diego State, speaking of pro ratas, I'm not taking a revenue drop from, from the Pac-12. I want a full share of that money. You need San Diego State. You need the San Diego Southern California market. Yes, we'll take a full share. No, we will not take less than a full share. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. You just, I, I just disagree. I, if I'm the Pac 12, you're San Diego State. You're not a P5. That might be true. We need, we need the San Diego market, but I got news for you, San Diego State. We got our TV deal done that apparently is coming without the San Diego State market. Right? So, so if that happens, right? If the Pac-12 gets their media rights deal yep. without San Diego State, San Diego State can kick rocks. You're not, you're, you have nothing to warrant a full share. Now, I agree if you're San Diego State, you got to ask for it. Yeah. But you have nothing, literally nothing to warrant a full share. I think, opinion. and th this is one of the few times I think we can actually say this. The Pac-12 has the leverage here. If you're the Pac-12, and you're in the cock is on the phone with with Adela Della Torre. Yeah. And she says we want a full share. All right, stay in the Mountain West. I mean, that's what I would say that's if I were is. George. Like. But the only thing that Adela has is the Southern California market, because there's not a school in LA to replace LA. Los Angeles belongs to the Big Ten now. But I guess that just comes down to how the Pac-12 views the conference post-UCLA and USC departure. I mean, is is because mm. I think it's a real question. I mean, obviously, they'd like to have Southern California, but but as a conference, like, does the, the executive board, the way they prioritize linear, prioritize the Southern California market? Because, again, and this is what I just think San Diego State can't get over. You're not a P5. So... So you're not in L.A., you're in San Diego, which is different, 
right? Both yes. are in California, but San Diego is different than LA. It's two different markets, in my opinion. So you're in San Diego. You're not necessarily delivering LA the same way uh, an SC and a UCLA would. And so that's why I say, like, as mm-hmm. as much as like I hate, I truly despise the way the Mountain West is handling this. At the same time, I understand that they want to double the fee or that they have doubled the fee and they're going to get paid and it's all going to work out in the end for the Mountain West. I understand that and respect it, but I don't like the fact that the Mountain West comes out of this thing looking like you can just walk all over them. At the same time, San Diego State looks like an idiot. You got got absolutely, you know, embarrassed by the Pac-12 here. And at, you don't really have another choice but to continue to ask for the full share, even though I don't think you're ever going to get that. Yep, I agree. Derek Myrie says, hmm, the Mountain West will be the new Pac-10. Pac-10. Which I 10. still maintain is the best plan overall. The two yeah. should merge, there's no doubt. Yep, Saul Goodman says, uh, San Diego State to the Mountain West. Uh, haven't I heard that before? Well, Truth. I think they wind up in the Pac-12, but that's just me. Brandon Butler. What's up, Brandon? Good to see you. Uh, the penalty is probably going to prevent them from moving conferences. Probably could be, but it makes no sense for them to stay in the Mountain West now. It makes very little sense. I it, And they need the Pac-12 and San Diego State need each other. You have to do it. Lonnie Johansson, what's up with you? Lonnie, good to see you. Says, good morning, guys. Aaron Wilson, Mountain West should have done San Diego State like Gundy did OU. Well... Oh, my God. My, okay. Um, uh, stop talking about Bedlam. Like, start talking about the games you won. Uh, Mick A, Navarez could have dropped the hammer, but I think it is a good tactical move on her part. Don't disagree. And it's really not up to Commissioner Navarez. I mean, the presidents have a significant say. She is an employee of the conference. So keep that in mind. Provo Cougar fan, the Pac-10 and San Diego State are going to start a, a continuous GoFundMe account Seriously. that never closes. It never closes. Saul, anyone have kolaches or donuts this morning? Oh, a donut sounds so good. Oh my God. That would be amazing. Uh, Big 12 McCluskey, you know back in the day if BYU pulled a San Diego State, the Mountain West would have totally screwed them. Probably. Probably. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, OG Gary, if I'm San Diego State, I don't leave until the contract with the Mountain West is up. But isn't that 2027? Something like that? That's a long time. A long, long time. Uh, Elaine Tran says glazed donuts sound good. Stop. Stop. Mmm. Donuts. Mm -hmm. uh, My sobriety is really... Wow. Dallas Cowboy offensive lineman Zach Martin considering not reporting to training camp. Over a contract dispute. Dude, if they don't have Zach Martin, the season's over. They, they... Can the Dallas Cowboys get anything right? No. Nope. Zach Martin is arguably the best offensive lineman in the NFL. And, okay. I am not, no, I'm not playing your stupid game, Jerry. I am not playing your stupid game. <laughs> I will not do it. I, I just won't. Midnight Magic Musings. Triple M. Uh, Mountain West took the high road, and uh, and our everybody is scared to make a hard choice society. They maintained where they are, which is not a bad thing. And I think they know a payday is coming. I think they know a payday is coming. couple more. Um, LV Whoa. Good Lord. Comment dump. LV Seminole. Morning, fellas. What's up? Tanner Plummer. San Diego State to the Pac-12. What would I do without? What would I do without you? Yeah. It's, it's, there's, yeah. Yeah. 
Provo Cougar fan, Starry says, uh, but our Fresno State and ULV an academic fit. Because Provo Cougar fan said, after San Diego State, the closest two D1 schools to LA are Fresno State and UNLV. Both are over 200 miles away. And, and I just think they're in a no-win no situation. Uh, Tanner says, yeah, I saw Zach Martin news, but if they don't have the season, uh, it, but if they don't have him, the season's over. Dude. Do you understand what he means to that offense? So let like, me get this right. Come You're, on now. You don't want to pay Tony Pollard. You don't want to pay Zach Martin. Dude. And you strung out the Dak Prescott negotiation just about as long as you could do it. Dude, I'm... We I, get it, Jerry. If Zach Martin does not report to the Dallas Cowboys, this is different than Saquon Barkley. We need to talk about Saquon and his, what I think is going to be a holdout. Zach Martin is not negotiable. You have to pay the fucking guy. If, if he doesn't play for the Cowboys, they don't have an offense. Yeah. They, they quite literally don't. And you don't want to pay Tony Pollard, who, by the way, is coming off of a broken leg. What is your offense without those two guys? Because you're trying to extend CeeDee Lamb, but you don't want to pay Zach Martin. Like, the stupidity in this is amazing. Yeah. It, 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 it's amazing to me. It... it I can't even think of anything that's as dumb as this unless you ordered the calzones at Papa Murphy's without the marinara meatballs. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do meatballs and marinara. Papa Murphy's does meatballs? Oh, oh, I think you mean I do the meatballs and marinara? And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Oh. Well, we do it with savory ground beef covered, covered in tangy, tangy marinara. That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. And don't forget the meatballs. Order now at PapaMurphy's.com. Papa Murphy's Pizza, the official pizza of the Monty Show. Order the calzones. Order the marinara meatballs. Pile one on top of the other. And you can put the calzone on top of the marinara meatballs. I mean, you do you, friend. Nobody's going to judge you here. You can do whatever you want. I personally would put the calzone in, cook it for about 15 minutes, then pour the marinara meatballs on top, cook it for 20 more, you're good to go. It's it's awesomeness. I promise you, you will, it is going to be an incredible, no, I'm not going to make Yeah. I'm just going to say you're going to feel as good as you've ever felt, right? Uh, use the promo code MATI25, you get 25% off your purchase at $25 or more, and don't forget to throw in the take and bake chocolate chip cookies on the Monty Show. This hour of the show presented by TryDayTrading.com. $10 to see your future. I tell you this every day, and people are like, that's bullshit, bro. It's not. $10 for a 30-day trial membership at TridayTrading.com. Think about where you are today. How many people have said listening, driving into work today? What if you didn't have to drive into work? What if you worked for yourself? What if I told you, hey, you can start your own company and you can make $240,000 a year in the first year? That's what your options are at TridayTrading.com. Stop working for a paycheck it's the drug they give you to make you forget your dreams, right? So stop trying to force something that's not there. Build your life. Build your dreams. $10 gets you a 30-day trial membership. That $10 is a charitable donation. So, Jake, it's also a tax write-off. Thank you. Uh, because they give that money right to charity. That's a tax write-off for you. And you get their entire program. Yep. You don't get just part of it or you don't just get some webinars. You get the entire kit and caboodle at trydaytrading.com. The elite coaching. They teach you the processes. They teach you how to use their systems and their algorithms. They teach you how to become an elite day trader. That's what trydaytrading.com is all about. 
their full-time traders are making $1,000 a day day trading. And what is day trading? Because people always say to me, Monty, the market's in, it's a shit show right now. It doesn't matter. Because when the market's good, day traders do well. When the market's really bad, day traders do even better. Because you're in and out. You're dipping in and out of stocks that have high potential for that day. You're buying them that day. You're selling them that day. You're buying them that week. You're selling them later that week. They have processes and algorithms that teach you how to identify and execute trades to make you money. What if I said to you, hey, did you make $5,000 this week? If you didn't make $5,000 this week, try daytrading.com slash Monty. Hey, if I said to you, do it on a part-time basis. You love your job. You're making stacks. You want a little bit more. Maybe you're trying to pay for a Disneyland vacation. Trydaytrading.com. They're part-time traders make two, three, four $400 a day. While they're working their full-time jobs, the process algorithm and system is trading for them because they programmed it in the morning. It made the money all day. At trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Sign up for the uh, $10 30-day trial membership. Good good uh, Wednesday to you all. Let's give some shout-outs to Mastas. How the heck are you? Um, two Mastas says 30 pounds of muscle fueled by, fueled by Papa Murphy's Brandon. I don't know what that means. Yeah, what does that mean, bro? Uh, Joe Coy says Big 12 has good leadership. Excellent leadership. Uh, Brandon Unruh says Monty isn't eating no Papa Murphy's if he's trying to lose 30 pounds. You would be surprised what I eat. And really all it is, and what, what Brandon's talking about is that I've lost a good bit of weight now. And I'm trying to lose 30 pounds between now and November 18th because I'm going to Hawaii and I should easily be able to do easily. I say I should be able to do that. Cause what is that? That's August, September, October, November, four months from today to lose 30 pounds. I should be able to do that. Right. Right. But it's not a matter of necessarily what you're eating. It's how much you're eating calories in calories out. I'm a big believer in it. Um, I use, Sleep as a weapon in weight loss. I think you have to prioritize sleep. I think one of the things Mrs. Monty and I are working on, when you wake up in the morning, don't scroll on your phone in bed. Sit up, get out of bed, get on with your day. And it makes a difference. I don't know how to explain it. I really don't know how to explain it. But when I get up and I don't lay in bed and scroll on my phone, I have a much better day. I have much better energy. My mind feels better. Like those are the things that are working. Now, am I sitting here telling you that I eat, eat out every day like I used to? I don't. My wife made me an amazing dinner last night, a baked potato with uh, vegetarian chili on it. it. was one of the best things I've eaten all week. <laughs> it's flipping unbelievable, right? But I had super chicks the other day, right? I had Chipotle the other day. I had Papa Murphy's twice in the last month. It's not what you eat. It's how much you eat. When you eat it, like losing weight's not game. easy. Yeah, losing weight's not easy. Uh, Elaine Tran says, mmm, uh, sausage jalapeno pizza. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Brandon says, well, each Papa Murphy's pizza weighs 30 pounds. They're amazing. Incredible. Elaine says, keep it up. Cardio, water, and diet, Scott of Greywater says. For, I don't do cardio. Uh, I, I right now, because it's golf season, all I'm doing is a lot of stretching. I'm trying to stretch on a daily basis. Um, golf, uh, one of the things that I have dealt with since I started really playing golf, by the way, do you realize what this week represents? 90 days of full-time golfing. Uh-huh. April 16th was the first day we swung a club this year. And really in the last five years. Mm -hmm. 
April, May, June, July, 90 days. I've had left, um, oh my God, Achilles tendon pain, like stiffness, and I've had calf stiffness. So I've been working on stretching that. Mrs. Monty sent me a whole like stretching routine and I'm telling you, that's the stuff I'm doing. Now, once golf slows down a little bit, I will be in the gym five days a week lifting and playing golf. Yeah. So, you know, Elaine says no soda. I have not had a soda in over a decade. Yeah. I don't drink soda. No calzones for Monty. Uh, not true. Elaine Tran, I've been drinking six bottles of mineral water lately. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, David says waking up to scroll in bed kills productivity. Always regret it. And I've stopped doing it. It. You guys, it's crazy. It's crazy. The, the things that have really made a difference for me are a routine with Bucked Up, and I'm not because they advertise on the show, but using Bucked Up products with a purpose. Protein, having a protein shake every day. Last night, right before dinner, I had a protein shake. I put I, I use collagen uh, peptides in my protein. Yeah. So I have Bucked Up protein powder, collagen peptides, 20 ounces of water with ice in it. Shake it up, drink it. Yeah. I'm telling you, it works. My wife is, by the way, one thing I'm not doing right now, I'm not using creatine right now. Um, my wife is using creatine for her triathlon training. And I, I, I just have gotten into this rhythm using bucked up products, not scrolling when I wake up in the morning. Like it makes a difference, man. Yeah. Makes a difference. Cam Harrison, how the heck are you, dude? He says, I'm point, Monty. Cardio only after lifting. Well, you know, one of the things I miss, not that I want to get into this because I'm sure people are bored to tears, but I miss my cold showers in the morning because now in the mornings I work out or I play golf or, and cold showers kill your, kill your gains. And I got really Teddy Wayman, Jet Wayman got me into this cold plunging stuff. And I, I dude, it works. Yeah. It absolutely yeah. works. No yeah. doubt about it. OG Gary wintertime. I play golf at top golf in the mornings. Cheaper that way. Love it. Mm -hmm. Kane and how are you? It always starts at the top with your leadership. The PCA is just getting back. The pack is just getting back what they have done to others. You're not wrong about that. Yeah. Uh, Tanner says, I've been running and drinking a lot of water lately. My days have gone inst instantly better. Well, except for today because I have a cold. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Cold. I, dude, it's been so high. It was so nice to see the rain clouds roll in. Yes. How nice was that? Yeah, there's going to be some weather tonight, too. There we'll is going to be some that, weather. Dude. Five o'clock, it's going to get real. It is. All right. Uh, the biggest stories in sports right here on the Monty Show, brought to you by our good friends at BladeHQ.com. BladeHQ.com, the best knives from the best knife makers. Uh, awesome website. And I know one of the things that's a pet peeve for me when I'm shopping online, I hate when websites don't work. It makes me crazy. Or if they're difficult to deal with, or if customer service sucks, or if it, the order takes years to get there. At BladeHQ.com, they have over 15,000 knives in stock. The best knives, the best variety, the best outdoor gear, hunting gear, you name it, they've got it. They built their own website. And when I say that, they built the platform, the systems, the processes, all with the idea of having an, a website that's easy to use for the consumer and a process that delivers the best products on time when you need it every time, BladeHQ.com. Best customer service, and again, the best knives from the best knives makers. I think the Zach Martin situation in Dallas is a big deal. Zach Martin, the all-world offensive lineman for the Dallas Cowboys, is thinking about holding out. Um, he is in a contract dispute. He'd like an extension. He has not gotten one. Zach Martin 
I think for the Dallas Cowboys is critical. I think that bumps to the top of the list in football today as teams are beginning to report. By the way, the New York Jets are in camp. Coming up here in about 40 minutes on Football at 50, and we are going to do Football at 50, I hope. (laughs) I'm the one that decides, and I usually screw it up. We got to talk about Saquon Barkley. We got to talk about the Jets and Hard Knocks. But now we got to talk about what Zach Martin means to the Cowboys because that is a big, big story. Um, We have a lot of new details on the Pac-12 TV situation. Um, As you heard yesterday, Heather Dinich at ESPN is reporting that a Pac-12 media deal is imminent. Although Heather and multiple sources have said there will be no announcement this week before Pac-12 Football Media Day on Friday. Um, We did a lot of work when Heather broke that story yesterday afternoon before the show today. Uh, And we have been told by multiple sources that the Pac-12 is, quote, begging for a deal. And they are, in my, it's harsh, but I think it's probably true. They are, quote, hat in hand. Right. One source told us, which is, They are out there saying, hey, we need a deal. Let's make a deal. What can we do to get a deal done? I I believe that the Pac-12 is in one of the least enviable positions we've ever seen in in professional sports and content distribution. I just don't know that we've ever seen a major sports entity have this kind of problem getting a deal. And some of the details that we heard um, were that the Pac-12 actually had a deal, George Klyovkov and his team, presented a deal to the executive committee, which is the board of directors, the PAC 12. It it is three presidents, including Kirk Schultz, who is the chairman uh, of the PAC 12 board of directors. Bobby Robbins, as we've talked about is on that as well as, as well as the Stanford president, those three make up the board of directors. That group of three, from what our sources have told us, rejected a TV deal that George Klyovkov presented to them. They did not want to bring it to the full membership of the conference. That deal went away. I think that explains an awful lot about why we've been hearing deal is imminent, deal is imminent. I don't believe a deal is imminent. As Ross Snellinger from uh, Yahoo Sports reported yesterday, he doesn't believe a deal gets done until August. I think that timeline makes sense Um, because the Pac-12 is back out talking to anybody that will pick up the phone, which I think in their position, while it is un unattractive. It certainly does not help you with your dollar value or your leverage. I think it's exactly what they need to be doing. Our sources also told us that the PAC 12 and Amazon prime sports have had recent conversations. I said, are those negotiations? My source would not go that far, but they have had recent conversations. And from what I'm told, Amazon is not willing to go past a Friday night game of the week. Um, That is called shoulder programming in the TV industry. They would like to partner that with their Thursday night, uh, NFL Thursday night football, have Pac-12 Friday night football. I think it makes sense. I think it's what we've reported for 10 months. And I think that's where Amazon is and has always been. They are not willing to overpay for that. And the issue now is becoming that when you look at where the Pac-10 is with their deal, I don't think they're any further along than they have been over the last seven months in 2023, the calendar year. I think what you are looking at and what makes a lot of sense is that I think you will get a Pac-12 game of the week on a Friday. Is that on Amazon? Is that on Apple? That's yet to be determined. I think you will get a Saturday night game on ESPN. Will that be your tier one game? I don't know. The biggest question for me is, where does the single biggest game of the weekend in the Pac-12 every week, who gets that game? My firm belief is that that is ESPN on Saturday. I think the Tier 2, which is the second-guest game of the week on the schedule, 
goes to Amazon or whoever winds up on that Friday night. But the bigger question is, in total, what's the money value? What's going to happen with Pac-12 basketball? Because it was also told to me yesterday that Pac-12 basketball has very little interest right now because it's not a good product. And there is real fear from TV partners that Arizona is going to wind up leaving the conference. And if Arizona leaves this conference, basketball is dead in the Pac-12. You've already lost UCLA. You've probably lost your third best basketball partner in USC. And if you lose Arizona, basketball is dead in this league. Thanks. I think that is a real, real concern for the Pac-12. And I think it is hurting their ability to garner payment from TV partners. But if I had to guess at this point from all of the things that I've heard, I believe you're going to get a game on Friday night. I think you're going to get a game on Saturday. And I think they, the, the Pac-12, what they have got to find is a partner to deliver a third game. Because we were told yesterday that the deal that was rejected by the Pac-12 board of directors was 80% streaming, 20% linear. And I am told that the board of directors says 80% streaming does not work. And if that is in fact the case, and they have no reason to believe that it's not, Who's going to be that third provider and would ESPN be willing to pick up a second game? Because I've also been told yesterday that ESPN's unchanged. They are unwavering. They're willing to pay $90 million a year total for basketball and football to the Pac-12. And if that's the case, I can't see them getting two football games and three basketball games for $90 million a year. That just does not seem like a number that the Pac-12 can sustain with that kind of distribution. But we'll see. I think the other part of this that is, that is really interesting is that Bob Iger is talking about something we've said on this show for months and months and months. Ages. Disney is not selling ESPN. And I know that the Pac-12 naysayers and a lot of the Pac-12 mouthpieces, including the Radio Wizard up in the Great Northwest, have been saying, oh, the Apple TV is going to, buy ESPN and they're going to save the Pac-12. Bob Iger said this week that uh, Disney is not selling ESPN and they are looking for an equity partner. Right. And I was told straight up yesterday, the language that Bob Iger used was very intentional. They are not looking for an equity investor. Hey, give us money. They're looking for an equity partner. And by, I think, no coincidence at all, the Marshand RM podcast, the number one podcast in media, said yesterday with one of the biggest names in investment banking from Bank of America, who is the likely partner for ESPN's equity partnership? Comcast is the likely partner. Now, it's interesting that it's Comcast because what does Comcast already have? The Pac-12. Yep. ESPN's already got the Pac-12. What does ESPN, and by extension, really, what does Disney have that Comcast has? They share partnership in Hulu. So there's already a relationship in place. And what did Bob Iger say? It's very unlikely that Disney will divest Hulu. He didn't straight up said we're not. Yeah. Very unlikely. I think if they do a broader partnership with Comcast, which makes a lot of sense, I think that could be a saving grace for the Pac-12. Yeah, and I think all the people saying that Amazon doesn't want to work with ESPN are going to look silly. <laughs> like, I, I, I think that when ESPN comes knocking and ESPN wants to talk to you about doing business, you have to listen at a minimum. And, and, and I think Amazon, 
you know, when you consider where they're at with the sports side of things, if you take out, you know, AWS and all the other business divisions and you just look at sports, obviously Amazon is developing sports talk. I, I think a lot of people don't even know that Amazon offers uh, daily sports talk on the platform. You can go and find it. And, and, you know, they need to get that word out there. And I think that Amazon understands that there's value in live sports and in sports talk. And that synergy obviously uh, has been laid out and the groundwork for how to do that uh, has been laid out by ESPN. And so to me, it never really made sense why people were saying, hey, these two are going to be adversaries. I, I think Amazon is a company that has only reached the peaks and the heights it's reached because it understands that partnerships kind of make the world go round. So for Amazon, you know, you know, giving ESPN the bird doesn't really work for them. They they need to be saying, okay, yeah, ESPN is kind of the 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 OG in sports talk and live sports and 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 basically the way things are now. So let's go ahead and copy their model a little bit. Let's go ahead and execute the way they execute. And right now for Amazon, that potentially means a Friday night game of the week in the Pac-12. Let's see what we can do with that. And by the way, I think that same logic or that logic is what they did with the NFL. Hey, let's pick up one game a week with the NFL and let's see what we can do with that. Let's not forget. They had some issues early on in Thursday night football, right? We remember the audio issues and just some of the stuff that they kind of had to get worked out. And so now they figure that stuff out. So now they want to add a piece to their plate. So I don't think it's outlandish or outrageous to say that Amazon would consider working with ESPN. And, and, and I do think for the Pac-12, Amazon's a great place to be. If you can put up good numbers on Friday night, who's to say that you couldn't get another game uh, with Amazon? That's what I think the Pac-12 has to kind of get, get through with. And I go back to what we reported several months ago in January that NBC Universal became a major player for Pac-12 distribution. Now, not to be the master of the obvious, but who owns NBC Universal? Right. Well, that'd be Comcast. Right. There is obvious synergy here. There is an obvious relationship here. I think there is no doubt that USA Network is becoming more and more of a sports channel. If you look at the fact they had NASCAR this week, like you get a lot of sports on NBC Universal's channels. Yep. So I think when you look at NBC Universal, we reported specifically that the Pac-12 was going to uh, potentially be on uh, USA Network and Peacock. You look now at, at what synergy between Comcast and ESPN could look like. I think this is only good news for, for the Pac-12. Because I could easily see a situation where ESPN get, gets a Saturday night game and the bulk of, of Pac-12 content winds up at NBC Universal. Yeah. I, I mean, that that is absolute. Well, and it works for them. Yeah. And it also offsets this $70 million black hole that Comcast is dealing with with the Pac-12. It makes that a much more manageable, negotiable part of any agreement that you're going to withhold fees from the Pac-12 until that $70 million is rebated. And I think that that makes a ton of sense. If you have an equity partner that helps you do things like, I don't know, the NBA, think about what an ESPN-Comcast partnership could mean to the NBA. Has anybody thought through that? You have $2 billion corporations that could probably own a vast majority of the NBA content in a partnership 
where ESPN and all of its platforms and networks and NBC Universal with Comcast and all of its NBC platforms could share the large majority of NBA content, and yet they still have the ability to go to TNT, and yet they still have NBA TV, they still have the NBA app, and all it means is that the NBA gets what? More reach. Yeah. Which means they have more money. It works for everybody. And an and NBC slash Comcast partnership with ESPN makes all the sense in the world. Yep. And not just for the Pac-12. I think it really, it really, really could change the landscape of sports on television in this country. And the reach and the power that ESPN has. And I'm just going to go back and say it again. The idea that Disney wants to sell ESPN is foolish. Yeah. It's never been, in my opinion, it's never been a serious consideration. Is it talked about in board meetings? I'm sure it is. But under no circumstance, while Bob Iger is at the helm of Disney, he just signed a two-year extension. Under no circumstance is Disney going to sell ESPN because it makes them money. And even if, if it's not ESPN money, think about the bridges it builds for Disney. Think about the relationship. Do you know what a Comcast-Disney partnership could mean? Think about things like The Mandalorian. Yeah. Think about things, all of the Disney properties, all of the theme parks. The, just the marketing reach alone that you wouldn't have to scratch a check for. If, if you could market Disney vacations, because one of the things that people don't understand, having worked at ESPN, I still get the Disney vacation emails. Hey, Disney vacations. Hey, here's a room and park ticket combo. Yeah. If those are not now email dumps, but in addition, TV commercials during NBA games, come on now. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lot of ways these two can work together. Yeah, and I, I, and I think that's what makes it so beneficial. Is like it's not just like, hey, put a football game on TV. It's like, yeah, sure, we're going to do that, but but ultimately, there's all these these sort of branches that extend from the core of the partnership that that I think make both parties money. Because again, it's it's it, ESPN is 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 you know they do sports, but they're a sales organization, right? Ultimately, like. Like that's the old saying, right? Like, hey, we do we do sports talk, but ultimately we're a sales organization. Like that's what ESPN is. So so partnering with a major player makes sense. But you know what sucks about this for the Pac-12? And I'm going to play the bite again, and you've seen it a thousand times on this show. You listen to Kurt Schultz at Washington State talk about bad optics. <laughs> listen to how stupid this statement now sounds. Why is it dragged on so long? I think it's just the environment, it's the uncertainty in the economy, uh, the layoffs in the tech sector and other places. I mean, look at the major media companies have almost all laid off people and so have some of the major players in the tech sector. And, you know, I know at least one of the partners we were talking to said, hooray, is signed today with the optics of us announcing that we're laying off X number of people. And we signed, you know, this multi-million dollar deal with the Pac-12 are just simply not the best, so we're going to have to wait six weeks. Now, I'm not sure if six weeks make that much difference or whatever your time frame is, but clearly the optics was something that those groups are really worried about. That's your chairman Bro. of the board of directors in the Pac-12. When that is just a bunch of bullshit, like yeah. that is spin and lies at its finest, in my opinion. 
the the and I can only say this so many times. And and whether you want to get tired of me saying, hey, sources told me, and hey, look, I'm right. I'm just I'm gonna say it again. Anybody that believes that layoffs at ESPN are an indication that ESPN is struggling doesn't understand it. Yeah. Anybody that thinks that uh, you know that the layoffs at ESPN are the reason that there's not a Pac-12 deal doesn't understand it. Anybody that thinks that Bob Iger is trying to sell ESPN doesn't understand it. It makes zero sense. The layoffs had nothing to do with ESPN. It, the optics had nothing to do with layoffs because they signed Pat McAfee like 12 seconds later. <laughs> to a massive contract. Yeah. What is happening here is the Pac-12 is not a priority, but it's something that's desirable. I like that Porsche, but it's not a priority in my life. Let me get this Comcast ESPN deal done, then we can talk about the Pac-12, right? And I think if you go back and look at, one other thing I wanna say about this Bob Iger ESPN NBC thing. Yeah. What are the properties that, that NBC controls? Think, think through this. They control the NFL. They control Notre Dame football. They control NASCAR. Like those, those three things right there. If you have the NFL on ESPN and NBC Universal Comcast, you share NASCAR because I think that's what's going to start happening. What's the third one? How important is Notre Dame to ESPN? Why haven't we gotten an, a, a Notre Dame extension at NBC? Well, because I think there's a broader, vastly larger deal coming. There's a greater plan. Why hasn't Notre Dame joined the Big Ten when they've been offered a dozen times? Because there's a bigger deal coming. And I think Notre Dame, NASCAR, and the NFL are just the beginning. <laughs> I think it's just the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I think when you look at what the reach of Comcast NBC is for ESPN, their talent across the board, because you already have multiple talent who used to work at at ESPN, who have worked for or are working at NBC. Mike Tirico, Dan Patrick. Think about that. Yeah. Think about the names that have been around Notre Dame, that have been around the NBC, on M uh, the NFL on NBC. Yeah. There's all kinds of synergy. And I think Notre Dame, I think the NFL, and I think NASCAR are platforms for, for reach and advertising that ESPN could leverage and vice versa for NBC Comcast. I think that's the logical structure. Yeah. And if you're somebody that wants to hang on to politics destroyed ESPN, you don't know what you're talking about. And if you're somebody that's like, these, these layoffs are gutting ESPN. Well, morale's never been lower at ESPN. I would agree with that. But do you think business is any different today than it was before these layoffs at ESPN? It's not. By the way, with something else that Andrew Marshand had on his podcast, Susie Culber was part of the layoffs at ESPN. Yeah. And everybody was like, oh, it's, it's just Monday Night Countdown. Oh, my God. They're going to replace her with Scott Van Pelt, who is arguably the most popular personality at ESPN television. Yeah, damn good at what he does. And it changes his schedule for not. Because he already does the late sports center, which is wildly popular. By the way, Anybody notice that Scott Van Pelt does a late edition of SportsCenter on Saturday nights? Well, why is that? Because Scott Van Pelt's on bars all across the country. 
in in sports bars and restaurants. Everyone seems to discount that too. This is something we've talked about a lot on the show that you can't that, discount dude, it. The sports bar business for ESPN is prolific. I mean, that's a huge piece for them. I'm telling you, this is just the beginning. Yeah. This is just the beginning. All right, let's get your thoughts in here. Jim Choi, good morning to you. Politics is one of the reasons that destroyed Disney. Going to war with Florida got Jim. No, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> Go look at the polling numbers and then tell me that ESPN and Disney lost. Come on now. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, okay, enough pack talk. Let's talk NFL. Well, what about Rayal Salt Lake? That was next. Okay, well, we'll, you, <laughs> we'll just we'll, we'll, can't talk. Hey, we got to talk NFL. Us. I mean, he told us. Uh, he you know, told we, us. Try, we, were gonna, we were just about to go to RSL and you said no. Okay. <clears throat> Saul Goodman, uh, Notre Dame being a free agent is a bit of a help. It really is. It really, really is. Mike Smith, for me, Notre Dame on NBC is must not watch TV. <laughs> well, Mike is somebody who now has an STD. Mike, by the way, if you're just tuning in the show, Mike admitted earlier that he now has an, e uh, uh, an STD from hitting the like button because it hit him back. Yeah. So there was some commingling of saliva that apparently Mike got on the wrong end of. Ain't no reset. You know. But I'm just the Mormon that's going to die in a few days. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And I know a lot of people watching now don't watch our afternoon show. A dude on a dude from, I can't remember, one of the Texas fan base. Or Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. An Oklahoma State fan told me that I'm just one of those dumb Mormons. I'm old and over the hill, and I'm going to die soon anyway. So I should, God bless. Just, I should just be quiet. Yeah, just be quiet, dude. You're done anyway. Yeah. 50 years old apparently is the lifespan in America now. You know, K. Nuren, BYU and Notre Dame every year would be great, would be phenomenal. Uh, J.K. Marshall, I like Susie Colbert better. I think Susie Colbert was expensive, but I, I also think she did a great job and she's a hell of a nice person. Scott Van Pelt's the best personality they have, in my opinion. It's a, he's an icon. No he, he, he does an incredible job. Yeah. Uh, Mike Smith says they are destroying each other, Jim Choi. Yeah. There's, there's no, listen, Disney has a ton of problems. You can't afford to go to Disneyland. That's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. Ron DeSantis is not a problem for Disney. Ron DeSantis has far larger problems than Disney. Yeah. I mean, significantly larger problems than Disney, frankly. So, uh, Renee Roca says, LOL, wrong, Jim. Elaine Tran says, most bars show Fox Sports too. Well... Do they though? If you're let me, so, let me get this right. You're in I don't know. You're in Old Town Scottsdale. You're in Dallas, Texas. You're at the Omni Hotel in Dallas in the bar. <laughs> you're out for a night on the town with your boys. Yeah. The Fox Sports is on. What's else? Want? CBS Sports Network is showing Utah State and Fresno State. In that wow. hot Mountain West game. And Scott Van Pelt is on doing highlights of college football. Doing highlights of the NBA. Yeah, which high top are you going to go ahead and select? Doing highlights of the NFL. Oh, that's right. The one with ESPN. That's Dude, right. you're, you're not watching that. Yeah. You know, it, it just... It's very straightforward, dude. The bar business is a very necessary thing. And again, this is why I think the Pac-12, Pac-10, Pac-10, whatever, uh, you know, is is not necessarily amused with the streaming side of things because I think they understand this. And and I think what's difficult is that 
is that, yeah, to, to be a major player, you got to be on TV still. And I do think a day comes in our country where, where linear, uh, where streaming takes over. I do. And I think, you know, I, I don't know how close that day is though. That could be five years or 10 years down the road. I don't know. You really don't think it's close. I don't think, I don't think we're in a place yet where major sporting event is stream only and that they're okay with that. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure we're there yet. Yeah. I think I, where do you watch your TV? Where are we watching TV in the studio right now? YouTube TV. On stream. You don't even think about it. Nobody thinks about where that product is coming from. And this kind of goes to ESPN's direct-to-consumer thing. You're never going to notice a difference. You're you're not going to keep paying for satellite or cable when you can get all the programming you want a la carte directly to your TV and phone. That's what I think ESPN is is about. Like yeah. it, it is, to me, I just think it's one of those things that's a no-brainer. I don't know how we keep paying. I, as soon as my deal's up in satellite TV, I'm out. I'll go to YouTube TV. Because uh, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you do that? Uh, that I don't understand. I, I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Yeah. Jim Choi says, also movies like Indiana Jones number five. Okay, so you're saying Indiana Jones is a dog movie. Okay. But I think if you look at Guardians of the Galaxy or um, any of their the Avatars, but I mean I don't know if you've heard of Avatar. It's kind of a smaller movie series, right? Uh, you know Thor, um, like I, I mean Wakanda, Wakanda Forever, uh, all the Disney Pixar movies. I mean, if you just take the Marvel group family on its own, I mean, come on, dude. Like they, I Jim, I understand you don't like Disney. But this is what we've got to stop doing. We've got to stop saying, oh, Disney sucks. They're dying because of um, uh, Indiana Jones. The number five is terrible. It, what has that got to do with Disney making it or not making it? Do you, do you understand that streaming and movies are different? Now, we were talking about this earlier. Oppenheimer's out this weekend. Yeah. We already bought our tickets to see Oppenheimer. In IMAX. We already bought them. Yeah. Now, are, are smaller movies going to thrive? They're not. I think you're looking at Netflix, Amazon Prime Video. Totally get it. Yeah. Watching, binge-watching quarterbacks on Netflix is akin to going to the movies yesteryear. Right. Right. When I was, when I was younger and I, I lived in a townhouse with all these baseball players, I moved out of that townhouse because I came home and there was a pile of cocaine on the kitchen table. True story. It is what it is. Anyway. This is when I was like 20-something. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. I think I was 22 or 23, much younger. Cocaine and hookers, my friend. But we used to go to the movies every Sunday night. Every Sunday night, no no matter what. We would all go to the movies and hang out. Yeah. Nobody does that anymore. Every Christmas, I used to go to the movies every Christmas night when I was a kid. Everyone. Some of my greatest childhood memories are, are watching E.T. in the theater. Yeah. Iconic. Those are some of my best childhood memories. The world is changing. Binge watching while, you know, listen, you know, hanging out on the couch, maybe not with all your clothes on, is, is Netflix and chill is, is akin to going to movies without committing a felony in a theater. <laughs> right? I mean, Pee Wee Herman and be damned. I know, Reset. I mean, this is just, life has changed. Right. You can't do what I do. You can't because you talk to me when you're 25. Anyway, the point is. Hey, ducking, no smoke. We had, a, we had a client in our real estate business yeah. tell Jake, 
You can speak when you're 25. He has our full respect. Anyway, the point is, he, you didn't. Yeah. Uh, the point is, the game's changed. Right. So the idea that Indiana Jones number five is crippling Disney, come on. The idea that Ron DeSantis is crippling Disney, come on. Yeah. Come on. Like, I understand Jim and others don't like Disney, but the idea that you're you're crippling them is ridiculous. Mike Smith says they may have an STD, but Notre Dame still sucks. True. <laughs> no doubt about that. No doubt about that. Jeremy Callahan, STD, now more commonly referred to as STI. Hey, you know what I mean? That's, you know, it is what it is, right? Facts. Um, McCluskey, Monty, the Notre Dame Mormon. The Notre Which Dame Mormon. Which was awesome Mormon. because this Oklahoma State fan uh, on Twitter the other day, I, and I said to him, well, I know, uh, just so you know, I'm not a Mormon, nothing against white salamanders. I'm not a Mormon. <laughs> I, but I grew up Catholic in Chicago as a Notre Dame fan. He's in like, God's whatever. Name, image, and likeness. Whatever. Like, it's so funny to me. Hey, uh, where do you live? Salt Lake City. Oh, the damn Mormons. Better avoid that caffeine, fatty. Like, and when did 50 become the age of dying in this country? Right? He's, he's like, you're know. old. Your life's coming to an end soon. I'm Shiva, the god of death. And he called me a humanoid. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? What? was amazing. McCluskey, it was a conversation you would have enjoyed. Tanner Plummer, I saw Indiana Jones. Of course you did. Uh, the plot was pretty good, but the ending was a little disappointing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jeremy Callahan, the D, I guess, was too offensive, apparently. Apparently. Don't forget WWE. Uh, truth. Don't forget WWE. Don't forget Pat McAfee. Like ESPN has. It's yeah. all intertwined. Tanner Plummer, Monty, you better get baptized before you die tomorrow. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, Exotic Adrian says, DeSantis is unhinged. Are you guys doing a morning show and afternoon shows now? No, we're doing afternoons. We have a client event this afternoon. Yeah. So we started a little Yeah, early. I got a hole in one later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jim Choi, increasing entrance fees at theme parks, building Star Wars hotels. Well, you can keep pointing out the things that they're failing at, but I just ask you, what does this have to do with the price of tea in Boston? Yeah, and by the way, for someone who hates Disney so much, you seem to be very educated on where they're spending their money. And the other thing we, the other thing that I love about this, and Bob Iger touched on this several years ago. It's one of the things that I have never forgotten. If you make a bad decision, what's the worst thing you can do? make more bad decisions related to that bad decision. The Star Wars Hotel didn't work. Are theme parks too expensive? They are. But we had a little thing called a pandemic that we're not allowed to talk about on YouTube, right? Like economies and, and things change. I, I just don't see the point of trying to just pile on top of Disney and yeah. like, what's the point in that? What's the point in that? Saul Goodman says Mormon versus Catholics. Right. Monty is a lizard person. Apparently I am. Uh, Will M, breaking news. Too many chefs in the kitchen. Too late to the game. Okay. Uh, Tanner Plummer, I just realized I've watched too many movies this summer. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Is there such a thing, though? Eric C says, no way. Uh, morning show. Miss the OGs in the chat. What's up, Eric C? How you What's doing? What's up, dude? Dude, where have you been? I have not heard from you or your girlfriend in far too long. What's up, motherfuckers? Jeremy Callahan, you heard it here, folks. Morning show is now doing three squares a day. Show morning, noon, and night. Yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude. I don't, I don't, I, that work-life balance is a little out of whack at that point. 
golf game would suffer. Not that it can suffer more than it is currently because, you know. Uh, Disney was there before DeSantis will stand long after DeSantis is gone. Facts. Truth. Uh, Shooter Texas, just FYI, Indiana Jones number five is expected to lose more money than any Disney movie ever. May lose over $200 million. That's bad. I I, I don't disagree Nobody's with that at all. Nobody's disputing that. The question is, what does this have to do with the price of tea in China? What does this have to do with ESPN partnering with Comcast? Like, you can keep dying on the hill of, hey, Disney loses money making movies. That's cool. That doesn't change the fact that ESPN is the most profitable entity that they own. That's what I'm saying. And like, it's it, incredibly profitable. It is one of those things where if you just look at the money that their cartoon movies make, A Bug's Life, um, like just scrolling through their their catalog, things like Aladdin, um, Alice in Wonderland. I mean, they, they have so many movies that just print money. Yes. And streaming. They print streaming money. That it, I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you get away from just some of their huge movies, Black Panther, The Avengers, like the the spinoffs of of those movies. Like, I think the biggest problem, the biggest problem, at at Disney is the price of their theme parks, and yet still people go in droves, yeah, to the theme parks, and and. While they're flying down there, they're watching Bambi on Delta's in-flight entertainment. <laughs> well, if it's working that day. Yeah, true. Good point. You know, but it, it's remarkable to me that you and just their classic catalog, dude. Like, have you guys? When's the last time you? Come on, man. Look at their catalog. It's it's insane to me. Their animation, 101 Dalmatians, is still a thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Hey, I, I just am, I think that the, the biggest problem for Disney is the theme parks. I, I truly think that's their biggest issue. Like you've yeah. got to get it back to an affordable place. But if, if you look at just, you just go to the Disney plus webpage, they're pushing sharks below zero on national geographic, right? You're, you're getting, you can buy your way out of ads. You're, get, you're like Trio Premium that gets you Hulu, Disney, and ESPN. Yeah. Like they're not stupid people. And if you look at their 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 content, um, they're making money. And, and a, lot, a lot of people today have talked about Indiana Jones number 72. What's the number one movie on, on Disney Plus trending right now? Uh, Indiana Jones. Oh. Mm. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, so you're losing money on the current one, but you're making money on... Yeah. Like, it's a machine. That's all I'm saying. Is Disney a perfect company? No, but who is? Who is? Buzz Lightyear? That's a pretty good deal. Uh, Saul Goodman, all Toy Stories are good movies, except Buzz movie, it sucked. Okay, not a big Buzz Lightyear guy. I get it. Can't say I've seen it. Infinity um, and your mom. Infinity. I wonder when the Dame and Harden trade is going to get done. We got to talk about James Harden today. We do. Football 50 in four minutes. Uh, Jim Choi, Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy is a failure. Who cares? Dude, do you ever say anything positive? Yeah. Like, seriously, Jim, do you ever do anything that's positive and uplifting? I don't know how. Like, how do some people just live so damn negatively? I... I I don't know. I I don't get it. Like, 
Yeah, giggity. Like, what about that? We haven't even talked about Star Wars yet. Star Wars rules Disney just like RSL rules the UT sports scene, right? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> MJ Bissett, why can't the chat stream graphs that Disney is a multi-billion dollar company? Because I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't get it. At first, it's ESPN sucks. The leftists ruined ESPN. Now it's Disney sucks. DeSantis is winning. Like, Where's the Biden reference? Yeah, go, Brandon. Like, Can we just not, for once in our lives, ruin every conversation by bringing in politics? Just, I mean, just for 35 seconds. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I'm looking at the list of... It's incredible. Movies. Oh, it's incredible. Just in, just in the, the 80s. Yeah. Like, the Little Mermaid. I'm the real. Like, Tron. Do you guys remember the movie Tron? Yeah, great like, movie. Last of Noah's Ark. Herb, all the Herbie movies. DuckTales. Like, in the 90s, The Mighty Ducks, Aladdin. Like... The Three Musketeers, D2. The Oh, there's a little thing called The Lion King. You know. You know, The Circle of Life and stuff. <laughs> Pocahontas, Toy, oh, Toy Story. Uh, never, it's Toy Story. Never heard of it. Like, look at all their movies, dude. It Like, it's ridiculous. How Like, the movie Monsters, Inc. Yeah. Finding Nemo. Pirates of the Caribbean. That whole franchise. Car. Oh, there's cars. Yeah, dude. Have you heard of cars? Enchanted. Wall. Remember Wally? Jesus, I haven't thought about Wally in forever. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's remarkable to me. It, I'm not. There's nothing. Disney is a. I'm saying, what are we even talking about, dude? What are we talking about? We're talking about football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty program. Football at 50, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza, the official pizza of the Monty show. What do you make of this Zach Martin situation? I don't know. Is this something where we say that the Cowboys are screwing it up, Jake? Yes. Unequivocally, you're screwing it up. The guy is... By all accounts, the best offensive lineman in football. Uh, and I look at his situation combined with Tony Pollard's situation, combined with the way you handled Dak, combined with the way you've handled wide receivers over the years. And I just say this is more the same out of Jerry. And it's like, hey, dude, you, you say you want to win Super Bowls, but you're not willing to pay the guys it takes to win Super Bowls. And, and that's why I say, like, Dallas is just going to continue to do what Dallas does, which is disappoint in the first round every single year and then we're going to get to talk about you know hey how many interceptions were Dak's fault versus his average wide receivers because you didn't want to pay for great wide receivers that actually catch the football so so i say like this is this is this is stupidity out of jerry jones pay the guy dude you need an offensive lineman to protect Dak prescott it's that simple yeah i think when you look at this zach martin situation and you start to understand that you're you're in a position now where I I don't know how you dig out of that hole. If Zach Martin doesn't report to camp, I mean the guy is an All Pro. The best. I don't think there's any question. He's the best interior offensive lineman in the NFL. If he holds out, you're in real trouble. Yeah. If you're the Dallas Cowboys. Speaking of holding out, uh, what should Saquon Barkley do with the New York Giants? He was on a podcast last week. And he straight up said, one of the real things I'm considering is just not playing football this year. Now, 
Saquon Barkley is due $10.09 million on the franchise tag. Right. But he's worth at least, in my opinion, twice that. He's not your just average running back guy. Yeah. He is a full force weapon for the Giants offense. And you paid Daniel Jones, but who who made Daniel Jones? Who made Daniel Jones be last year's Daniel Jones? Who was the centerpiece of that offense that brought the New York football Giants back to the playoffs? That'd be Saquon Barkley. And now you're wanting to pay him $10 million? I got to be honest with you, that's not just walking around money. That's considerable money. Yeah. But I would not be surprised if Saquon Barkley did not play this year. I don't think he would do that much damage to himself as a running back not playing this year. I think there's a real chance that we don't see him until the very last moment before the season kicks off. And I think he will miss at least a game or two to start the season. Yeah, and it's a real shame because I just think that, you know, again, NFL owners are as greedy as they come. You know, I mean, we hear all the time about how Major League Baseball owners are cheap and, you know, the Ricketts don't want to actually pay to make the Cubs roster really good or, you know, a number of situations across Major League Baseball. And in the NFL, I, I see the same thing. Again, the Dallas Cowboys are a, a, a premier a premier brand. The New York Giants are a premier brand. Yet you don't want to pay the guys that are the engine to your football team. And it's just I just don't understand it. Zach Martin is making seven million dollars a year. Let this look seven million dollars a year when Quentin Nelson of the Colts, who is a good offensive lineman, not Zach Martin good is making $20 million. You're underpaying him by $13 million, and he's not asking to get $20 million. Some accounts say he wants 14. He wants his pay doubled, which would be a bargain. And you're paying him $7 million. It's remarkable to me that you're even considering this. And I look at Saquon, and I say to myself, this dude, I would not play for half of what my value is. I would not. Yeah. I understand the Giants paid him, but he got hurt running the football for you. And Saquon Barkley, you're going to feel the pain of Saquon Barkley not being in that lineup. Yep. You are going to understand how valuable he is well, to you. And I think we all agree that Daniel Jones isn't some crazy good quarterback. Is he their franchise quarterback? Yes. But he's not, in my opinion, yet among the best in the league. And I think that he he needs options like Saquon. I mean, again, we just talked about yesterday how running backs are not like there's this group of running backs that are not getting paid. And and to me, it's funny how those same running backs are some of your best options on your offense. And it's because they can do so much for you. So to me, it's like, like with Saquon specifically, that's a guy that can do a lot of different things, whether it's just handing it off, catch it in the flat, run the underneath route, like pass pro like all kinds of stuff you're paying him to do like four jobs in one body and and again here's another situation where the cowboys are trying to extend cd lamb trayvon diggs yet you're not going to take care of your quarterback yeah and the giants even though they paid their quarterback now are not taking care of their quarterback because they don't want to pay saquon barkley who i think is their most important offensive player I don't I listen I'm just I'm 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 an old Mormon that does a sports talk show right and you're dying soon apparently right you know seriously um 
Did the NFL make a mistake forcing the New York Jets to partake in hard knocks? Aaron Rodgers has already made it pretty clear he is not going to play a significant role on that show, which I'll believe it when I see it. The Jets have already told HBO's production company they are not going to allow them to film the cutting of players. They have told HBO that they are not going to give them the full access that is normal on Hard Knocks, which here's my biggest problem. You're the New York Jets. You have been rancid for a decade and more. You're irrelevant. Now you finally become relevant. You get Aaron Rodgers and his list of dead body girlfriends he's broken up with in that hole while he drinks ayahuasca. You're finally really interesting. And now you want to say no to the spotlight. When you've been begging and thirsty as hell for the spotlight in the NFL, you finally have it. And then they put the full force of the NFL PR machine behind you and you say no. This is stupidity. And again, whether we're talking about Saquon or we're talking about Zach Martin or the Jets on Hard Knocks, this is why stupid football teams don't win games. That I would agree with. And this situation with the Jets is exactly why Aaron Rodgers doesn't make them a Super Bowl contender. This situation with the Jets is why they won't win. This situation with the Jets and Hard Knocks is why guys like Robert Salah are only destined to fail. It's remarkable to me with one of the best defenses you've had in recent memory, easily the best quarterback you've had, you say no to hard knocks. Good luck. Welcome to Broadway and the New York football giants outshining you, even though you're on hard knocks. Yeah, I just don't understand why you wouldn't want to have Aaron Rodgers plastered all over hard knocks. I don't get it. Why would you not want, you know... All, all of the conversations between him and Zach Wilson, all of the all the stuff, like there's just so much that you can do, yet they want to fight it. And I really just don't understand it. I mean, again, just at a core level, when you signed Aaron Rodgers, you knew that the media was part of signing Aaron Rodgers. And yet now you're going to sit here and go against the grain because what? Aaron Rodgers prefers darkness retreats over hard knocks? Like... That's, this is what I always say about Aaron Rodgers. And and I wouldn't be surprised if he was the one putting up a fight. It shouldn't necessarily be up to him. But think about how good they were. Like, remember the Darrell Revis holdout and yeah. Rex Ryan? And that was compelling television. And if Aaron Rodgers truly will not appear on Hard Knocks, fuck off. Yeah. Like, fuck all the way off. Yeah. Like, you, like, get out of here, dude. Like, it... This this just extends the list of reasons to hate Aaron Rodgers more than his family already does. Yes. Like, if he's not going to participate, come on. You're a douche. You're come a douche. On. Which like, we already knew. They need, the, the New York Jets need to be better than this. You, you need to be better than this. I mean, you're never going to be as good as Papa Murphy's Calzones are. I think we all know that. Because, really, Papa Murphy's Calzones are undefeated. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do Calzones. Papa Murphy's does calzones? Oh, I think you mean I do the calzones. And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Well, we do it with fresh ingredients and hand-shredded cheese tucked in a scratch-made dough. That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. You don't forget the calzones. Order now at papamurphys.com. Papa Murphy's Pizza, the official pizza of the Monty Show. Order it through the mobile app. 
All you have to do is download the app. And the best part about ordering through the Papa Murphy's app is you can you can dictate what time you pick up the pizza. I love it. You can order it at four in the morning and pick it up at four in the afternoon. You can order it at noon. You're like, man, Papa Murphy's for dinner. Boom. Order it at noon. Pick it up at five. Like whenever you want it, it's going to be on the to-go rack. It's so easy because you pay through the app as well. And let's say you order the, the calzone. Let's say you order the marinara meatballs and take and bake chocolate chip cookies. There, you walk in the door, you pick them up, you walk out. You're home 20 minutes later, you've got a fresh cooked meal on your table. It's easy peasy, folks. Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code MONTI25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. All right, let's get your thoughts, OG. Gary says, I, y'all, see you tomorrow. See you, Gary. Have see a great you, day, my guy. Um, uh, Saul Goodman. Daniel Jones from Duke playing with uh, the ball that says the Dukey. This is the Duke, Duke. Dookie's, it's Dookie. Oh, what are you uh, talking uh, about, man? Football at 50, I've missed it. So have I. I just said to Jake during the commercial, hey, man, it was good to have the music back. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, Saul says, Aaron coming out of the dumpster going to camp, please. You're Aaron fucking Rogers. Go ahead. Oh, fucking God. Play that video. Oh, hey, Aaron. There he is. Hi, Aaron. Hey, guys. Good to see you. Good to see you, buddy. Only better would be Kyler Murray working out, and I'm not playing the video. Uh, J.K. Marshall, I could care less if Aaron participates or not. Jake calling him a douche. Really, Jake? Be better. He is okay. a douche. So what is, is and I'm open for this conversation, is Aaron Rodgers likable? No. Nope. I don't think he's likable at all. No. I think Aaron Rodgers thinks that he is the best quarterback that's ever played. You're not. You're not. Aaron Rodgers has been overrated his entire career. This elite quarterback, this franchise quarterback, you own the Chicago Bears, congratulations, we're terrible. I get that. But you know what I do know? Aaron Rodgers is not an elite quarterback. He's choked repeatedly in the biggest moments. Yep. At home in the in the NFL playoffs, on the road in the NFL playoffs. Like, you're just an asshole off the field. You're a guy that is highly unlikable. You're a guy who thinks that every year if you threaten to retire, people are going to pay you. You're a guy that wants to blame the Green Bay Packers. And while I don't agree with the way the Green Bay Packers handled that, I don't agree with a lot of the way that Aaron Rodgers treated the Green Bay Packers. And this nonsense about how you dug that hole in the ground and threw a bunch of dirt on top of yourselves and you were essentially retired, but then you you came out of the hole in the ground and found that people were talking about you and all of a sudden it rekindled your desire to win a Super Bowl. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. You were never retiring. Yeah. You were never walking away from the $40 million payday. That makes you a that makes you a douche. Yeah. Yep. Aaron Rodgers loves Aaron Rodgers. Yep. And it'd be nice if Aaron went to New York and I don't know, actually won something in the playoffs. Hey, congratulations for kicking the shit out of the Bears every year. They're terrible. They've been terrible. Have never had a franchise quarterback ever in the history of the, the organization. Uh, we don't play defense, and we don't hire coaches to help our quarterbacks. And when we do hire an offensive coach, he doesn't build a system to support the quarterback. We're terrible. Hey, congratulations, dude. Neat. Are you really better than the <laughs> Chicago Bears if you're also sitting on the couch and the Super Bowl is going on? At the end of the day, the Packers have had no more success than the Bears. Yeah. Because the only mod modicum of success is Tom Brady. Yep. And Aaron Rodgers will never be Tom Brady. <laughs> never going to happen. Never going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Saul Goodman says, thanks, guys. I agree. Uh, Jim Choi, Aaron Rodgers got a Super Bowl. Chokers are Dan... Fe okay. 
So Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl, but you don't think losing playoff games on your home field on a regular basis, almost as though that was on your calendar, uh, play the regular season, um, book your vacation. Okay, check, check. Uh, losing the playoffs so I can go on vacation. Check. Dig a hole in the ground. Uh, take a bunch of illegal uh, hallucinogens. Check. Come back and be a prima donna. Check. Like it's it's every year. Literally. Win games in the regular season. Um, plan a vacation. Losing the playoffs. Go on said vacation. Come back and pretend to retire. Do a bunch of stuff to give ESPN something to talk about. Every year. You can not uh, like it, but you can't disagree with it. He loses in the playoffs every year. Yep. Now, is it better to go to the playoffs than not? Yes. But when every single year you lose? Come on now. Uh, J.K. Marshall, disagree. Not sure why he what he does to piss you guys off. He doesn't win. What is so difficult to understand, my man? I, I think we've just explained it. By he, the way. The guy, he doesn't win games. He holds his franchise hostage. And he digs holes in the ground and drinks ayahuasca in the hole and by some accounts craps himself while he's doing it. But that's a different day on a different show. Those are all reasons. I How know. is Aaron Rodgers likable? Like, yeah, somebody explain that. To How me. are you think you're too good to show up on hard knocks? Okay. Okay. We know who you are. By yes, the way, it's been 12 years since you won a Super Bowl. And, and Kay Nuren. 40 touchdowns, 4,000 yards, and an MVP, plus a Super Bowl win. He's won multiple MVPs. But notice what he said. Did he say, I'm going to come back and win a Super Bowl for the Jets or the Packers? No. What did he say? I can come back and win another MVP. You don't think that's an important difference? He didn't say, I want to come back and make sure that the Packers get another Super Bowl. No, he said, I want to come back and win another MVP. Guy's not a team player. He's held that. He has held the Packers franchise hostage for years. They drafted a backup quarterback, and the guy lost his fucking mind. Yeah. What are they not supposed to have an heir apparent to a guy who's not young anymore? And is threatening to leave every year? And threatens to retire every single summer. What? I right? just don't think it's that complicated. What? I don't. It, and, and listen, J.K., t- tell me, J.K. Marshall... Tell me what's likable about Aaron Rodgers. On the field, the guy's a great regular season quarterback. Off the field, the guy's not likable at all. No. It's not likable at all. Uh, Tanner Plummer, unlike those guys, Rodgers has a ring, Jim Choi. Well, Rodgers does have a ring. But I think that Aaron Rodgers has lost so This is the LeBron kind of conversation, sort of. Right? LeBron didn't become LeBron until he he went to Miami. Okay, well, now Aaron went to New York, right? What if he doesn't win with the Jets? Is that on the Jets or is that on Aaron Rodgers? Here's, here's my thing. If they don't win a Super Bowl, listen to who Aaron Rodgers blames. Will he blame himself or will he blame the Jets? Because I've never heard Aaron Rodgers blame himself for anything. Yeah. Will he blame himself or will he blame the Jets? He will blame the Jets. He's just not a... Aaron Rodgers is not a guy that you want mentoring your young players. He's not a guy that you want leading your franchise. Yeah, like Because he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. Is he a bad quarterback? No. But is he a guy... And this is ultimately what it comes down to. Do you want Aaron Rodgers 
you're, to be your starting quarterback in the NFL playoffs? No. The answer's no. No, you don't. Joe Burrow or Aaron Rodgers? Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers? Like, if we're going to put Aaron Rodgers up on this all-time great pedestal and shit, like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers? Like, these are not even close conversations. Patty Mahomes is already, in my opinion, Aaron Wildly Rogers. more successful than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. More likable than Aaron Rodgers, even though his brother's a dick. Um, like, why isn't Aaron Rodgers doing quarterbacks with Netflix? Oh, that's right, because then he gets exposed. Yeah. Right? Then he then he has to, like, show what, what, what he really is, and he doesn't want to do that. Yeah. But a guy like a... Again, a Kirk Cousins who's on quarterbacks or a Marcus Mariota. Do you know how difficult that had to be for Marcus Mariota to lose his job and essentially get cut on Netflix? Think through that. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to get exposed for what he is, which is a guy that doesn't win. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers doesn't win. Aaron Rodgers is not a team player. Aaron Rodgers is not a franchise quarterback. And I get my ass handed to me in the comments section every time we talk about this. Aaron Rodgers is not a winner. Go look at his playoff numbers. Go look at his playoff wins and losses. Who who got blamed for the failings in Green Bay? Mike McCarthy. Did they win more when Mike McCarthy was gone? They didn't. What's the common denominator over the last 10, 12 years? Aaron Rodgers. Yep. So tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. And I, I hey, JK, I don't even have a problem with you defending the guy. It's opinions, man. It's not like you're wrong. It's not like I'm right. It's opinions. It's sports. This is what we do. It's all good. Blaze Bunny. It's weird to hate someone just because he isn't a stereotypical football player. It's not why I hate Aaron Rodgers. I don't like Aaron Rodgers as a guy, but I don't know him personally. Yeah. So I don't hate the human being. You guys, again, we talk about this all the time. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is a football player. It's okay to hate Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback. But Aaron Rodgers, the person, I don't know him, but it seems like everybody he comes into contact with on an intimate level hates him at some point in their lives. Yeah. That It just seems that way. And the way he supposedly treats people is not great. The way that, like, it's it's he's renowned as being an asshole. Yeah. That's what Aaron Rodgers is known for. So I don't dislike the guy personally. I just don't like the way that that he appears to handle things. And as a quarterback, I think he's a guy that's living on all smoke and mirrors. I think he is a really good regular season quarterback. I don't want him in January or February. Guy's been to the playoffs 12 times. One ring. One ring. And look where the losses are. How do you you how do you lose conference championship games repeatedly at Lambeau Field? How do you lose playoff games at Lambeau Field repeatedly? Yeah. Oh, well, if we only had home field advantage. Oh, it was Mike McCarthy's fault when we lost with home field advantage. Wasn't your fault, Aaron. Oh, you're beyond reproach. You beat the Bears. Holy shit. Like <laughs> give me some Paps Blue Ribbon and a broad at the broad stop and we'll we'll be fine. Bring Aaron back. Oh, he's threatening to retire. Yeah. Yeah, that's what every year is like for them. Oh, it's not Aaron's fault, man. If we had only had Mark Shimura, that's a that's below the belt. I apologize. <coughs> uh, he, he's no Don Mikowski, but he'll do. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm. I'll die on this hill. Call me a hater. I don't like Aaron Rodgers at all. Yeah, I. It's fine. Uh, John Evans, yo, live from DFW Big Twelve headquarters. Good to see you, John. <laughs> listen, listen. The Omni Hotel belongs to the SEC. <laughs> sir. The Omni Hotel, and don't you? Nick, Nick Saban's a better man than you are. Nick By the way, Saban is a better man than you are. Just real quick here on the Monty Show, presented by our good friends at the Advocates, theadvocates.com. Uh, I would point out that the world stopped spinning this morning for about 40 minutes. Do you know why? Oh, that's right. Nick Saban got on stage in the college football season. Started. Oh. What was everybody doing while Nick Saban was on stage? What were we doing? We were watching Nick Saban. He has our full respect. You know why we were watching Nick Saban? Because he was on ESPN and he was on Twitter Live. And it's, you want to know how big the SEC is? It's as big as Nick Saban. The dynasty is not over. Congratulations, Kirby. Congratulations on those back-to-back national championships. Nick Saban's a better man than you are. Yeah. And this idea, by the way, that Kirby Smart's a better coach than Nick Saban is incorrect. Incorrect. All right, back to hating Aaron Rodgers. Um, Anthony Zappin. Uh, Aaron Rodgers equals uh, Giga Chad. Monty equals Bob Iger simp. I, I totally agree. I'm a Bob Iger simp. That's a new one. I haven't heard that one Yeah, that's before. a new one. Um, his own family disassociates with that's him. That's my point, dude. This guy is a douche. He is. Like, you're a douche. Completely. I, he's just not a He's hard to root for. He's he's hard. He's not. He's just not a likable guy. Yeah. Uh, only one ring. A. A. Ron is only half the man that Jakey Two holds. That's what is. I'm saying, dude. Come on, bro. <laughs> Come on now. Let's just stick to football. Again, for all the Aaron Rodgers supporters, is Aaron Rodgers a guy you want being your quarterback in the NFC Championship game? <laughs> in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't think he is. It ain't even close, dude. My guy over here has got six rings. Seven rings? Is it seven for Tom? Right? Tom. Tommy. Six or seven, whatever it is. And we're having a discussion about a guy who's one in 12 in the playoffs? Come on, dude. But you're too good to go on hard knocks. One in 12 in the playoffs. When all he did was blame the Packers for his failings. Come on, dude. That's all Aaron Rodgers did. And I know football is a team sport, and I know it's not all on the quarterback, but it's funny how it's all on Aaron Rodgers when they do well, but it's all on everyone else when they suck. And by the way, as a quarterback, as a guy who's supposed to be a Hall of Famer, I think you could do, I would think you could do better than one in 12. I would think. Uh, J.K. Marshall says, Jake, conjecture equals facts. No, it doesn't. We, Okay. Uh, Tanner Plummer, do you know how many players and teams would kill for one ring? That might be true, but that's not what we're talking about. That's, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. Be, it, and the difference is, is that Aaron Rodgers and the hype machine around Aaron Rodgers wants to argue that he's an elite quarterback. And I am here to tell you Aaron Rodgers is an elite regular season quarterback. I agree with that. But that's where it stops. He is not a postseason winner. Aaron Rodgers is, and I think that's a very great, excellent way to illustrate it. One for 12. By any measure, if Tom Brady was one for 12, Joe Montana is still the best quarterback in the history of the NFL. 
If Joe Montana was one for 12, somebody else is the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. Yeah. The greatest quarterbacks, and football is a quarterback-driven league, the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL are not named Dan Fouts and Dan Marino. Right? They're named Tom Brady. They're named Joe Montana. And why is that? Because they have stockpiles of championship rings. They win. They don't go one for 12 in the postseason. That, I mean, it's as simple as I can say it. Does that mean that Trent Dilfer is one of the greatest quarterbacks ever? No. But he's equally as successful as Aaron Rodgers is in the postseason because they've both got one Super Bowl. Think ring. about that. Right? Does that mean that I would rather have Trent Dilfer than Aaron Rodgers? Probably not. But please stop telling me and stop cramming down my orifices that Aaron Rodgers is somehow the best quarterback that's ever lived or of his era or currently playing in the NFL or is the savior of the New York Jets because he's not or was the reason that the Packers won because he wasn't or that they somehow disrespected him by drafting shitty Jordan Love because they didn't or that it was Mike McCarthy's fault because it wasn't. Aaron Rodgers is the common denominator on every one of those one for 12 teams. Yeah. That's that's all I'm saying. All the banging actresses and breaking hearts and your family hates you stuff, while true, is irrelevant to the fact that Aaron Rodgers is vastly overrated as a quarterback. Like, think about it. Vastly. Patrick Mahomes is already as successful. Already. Already More has a better, better record than Aaron Rodgers does. Now, he hasn't played as many games. Totally agree, right? He hasn't, doesn't have a longevity. But if, both the, of their, if both of their careers ended today, the only thing Aaron Rodgers has on Patrick Mahomes is longevity. That's which it. in this league matters. But Patrick Mahomes already has more, better, funner, nothing? More, <laughs> he already has more MVPs that matter because he's a two-time Super Bowl MVP. He is a two-time Super Bowl champion. He mm. is a two-time NFL Most Valuable Player. Like it's awfully difficult to argue that Patrick Mahomes is not a better quarterback now than Aaron Rodgers ever has been in his career. Yeah. At any point in Aaron Rodgers' career, was he better than Patrick Mahomes is now? The answer is no. And Aaron's always had wide receivers. Aaron has always had running backs. And for the most part, with some exceptions, he's always had competent offensive lines. But it was Mike McCarthy's fault. And the excuses are what I'm arguing about. All right, yeah. let's keep rolling. Because I don't want to get lost in this. Jim Choi, Mahomes got issues with his little brother and wife. Okay, great, but didn't we all decide we don't want to talk about their personal lives? Yeah. Patrick Mahomes' brother is... I thought personal lives didn't matter. I thought that that wasn't Aaron's fault, so it can't be Patrick's fault. No, his wife is high-maintenance as hell. His brother's a pain in the ass, and he's still a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers ever was. Yeah. Ever. So when Patty finishes with five rings... We'll see what it is. Uh, Patrick Mahomes will haunt me forever. I will probably never get over the Super Bowl loss. Well, 
you know, you're Mormon, you're going to die soon. Remember that. <laughs> uh, Mahomes lost his star receiver, no running back, subpar defense, and still won the Super Bowl because he's a better man than Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Is, right? Yes. I, you know, I, I don't know. Notice, notice Patrick Mahomes isn't constantly bitching about what he doesn't have. That's what I'm saying. Jim Choi uh, is likes to fight guy. Very much so. Yeah. Giggity. Yes, he is. MJ Bissett. Rodgers is a lot of flash, but much shorter on substance than his fans want to admit. He is similar to Iverson without uh, AI's charisma. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't dislike, I mean, I don't, I don't hate that comparison. AI was one of the most entertaining basketball players the league's ever seen. Just not a winner. Yeah. I, um, man, if you look at Aaron Rodgers or Matthew Stafford. I'm trying to think about one Super Bowl ring quarterbacks. Well, the stats would probably, just off the top of my head without looking at them, I, I, Stafford's there with stats for sure. Like yardage and attempts and completion percentage and all that good stuff. Stafford's there with Aaron Rodgers. Because so, I think we can take, we can take Steve Young, Joe Montana, Tom Brady, those guys are out of this conversation. They are far superior. Far superior. Yeah. Right? There, there's there's just no doubt about it. But if I just look at the recent times, Patrick Mahomes is better. Matthew Stafford's an interesting one. He is. Tom Brady better. Um, you know, Tom Brady better. Like Tom Brady won a lot of Super Bowls. Jesus. Um, well, the Eagles Super Bowl win. Nick Foles, your mom, you know, yeah, probably not. But if you look at some, if you look at some of these these guys, like you look at some of the Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, I would probably take Ooh. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Russell's got one. Russell's got one. Ben Roethlisberger or Aaron Rodgers. Oof. Now, off the field, Ben Roethlisberger's a shit bag, dude. He really is. <laughs> That's tough, bro. He really, but off the field, you're taking it. I'm going to say this out loud. J.K. Marshall, put your hands at 10 and 2 on the wheel. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers over Ben Roethlisberger. His name's hard to pronounce. His name's hard to pronounce. Slip of the tongue there, huh? I'm taking Rodgers over Big Ben. Yeah, probably. That's a tough one. Yeah. That is a tough one. Ben's only got one as well? I thought Ben had two. He's only got one? Ben's got two. No, Ben's got two. Yeah, Ben. I thought Ben's Ben got had two. two. Ben's got two. But the problem is, the problem is, you you just don't have. He's such a bad guy, Ben Roth. He is. <laughs> and he was so bad at the end of his career, right? He, was, I mean, he was so bad. I mean, this is a guy that's two and one in the Super Bowl, bro. So not only has he been to more Super Bowls, he's won more Super Bowls. Joe Flacco or Aaron Rodgers? Now, this is one where where people are going to be like, oh, that's a ridiculous comparison. Ridiculous comparison. As a quarterback, probably Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But Flacco's got one. Eli Manning or Aaron Rodgers? Eli Manning. Eli Manning. Yeah. Eli has two, doesn't he? Yeah. If I remember. Yeah, I believe so. I believe he does have two. Um, Yes, he has two Super Bowls. Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees? Because Drew's only got Jesus. one. I'm taking Drew Brees. I think I'm taking Drew Brees, yeah. I'm taking Drew I mean, Brees. You, like, talk about 
Drew Brees is one of those guys that kind of revolutionized offenses. And I think Eli's got two Super Bowl MVPs too. Eli by a long shot. Yeah. Uh, that's tough. Like, okay, Kurt Warner or Aaron Rodgers? I'm taking Kurt Warner. Are you really? Yes. Dude, I covered Kurt Warner in his prime. Homeboy is a better quarterback than Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. And again, when it's Kurt Warner, bless up, right? Um, <laughs> or is that just Brendan? I'm going to say this again. Man, I, I think the Drew Brees one is the one. That's tough, bro. Because I don't think it's close with Kurt Warner. I think Kurt Warner is a better quarterback. Okay, closest, closest comparison who hasn't won. Phil Rivers. Well, but Phil's got the kids. Uh, I'm an asshole. I admit it. I don't even try to hide it. I don't even try to hide it. Yeah, Jeremy, I agree. Kurt Warner is miles better. Um, I think you got to You got to go Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Because Aaron won. Yeah. But that's tough. You Aaron, see what I mean? How like ooh, just a guy like Phil ooh, Rivers is close. Aaron Rodgers or Justin Fields. Ooh. <laughs> Man, Justin Fields' record in the in the uh, Chicago Green Bay Super Bowl is not good. It's not good. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Because it's garbage. Like, if you go back. Pure quarterbacks. Cousins or Rodgers. Pure quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, I'm, like, I'm looking at the quarterbacks that won. Peyton Manning won for Indianapolis. Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers? Peyton Manning. You got it. Yeah, you got Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Legend. Uh, I, that's tough. I mean, like I just look at I look at some of the quarterbacks that have won MVPs, dude. It's not Joe Montana by a mile. I mean, um, Terry Bradshaw by a mile. I think it, now you're going back too far, but I think you have to. Yeah. I just, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's going to be really interesting to see where, see where Aaron. He's a surefire Hall of Famer. Joseph Lee Burrow. I'm taking Joe Burrow over, over Aaron Rodgers. Damn. I, I don't. Is that even? I, I don't know how many starting quarterbacks today I take Aaron Rodgers instead of. I mean, if you look at, I'm not taking him over any of the young guns, Justin Herbert or Aaron Rodgers. Well, I have to think Justin Herbert wins two rings at some point. Yeah. And if he wins all ring, he's better than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But again, yeah. I think Russell Wilson's an interesting one. I think if Russell Wilson comes back to form this year, I would take Russell Wilson. Because Aaron hasn't really fallen off during the regular season. No. He's, he's always had, been consistent. He's had really good MVP caliber regular seasons. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, I think it, it could be interesting to see. It could be interesting to see, like... In the history of of in the history of the NFL, Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers? Probably yeah, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know about that. Brett Favre was such a red ass. Yeah, I mean, look at guys like Matt Ryan. Oh, Matt Ryan, jeez. Matt Ryan or Aaron Rodgers? Why are you taking Aaron Rodgers? I think you're taking Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, talk about a choke job. You Jesus. look at you look at some like, but Warren, look, what about a guy like Warren Moon? Are you taking Warren Moon or are you taking Aaron Rodgers? Probably Aaron Rodgers. You know, like it, it's it's just difficult when you look at it like passing yards. Yeah, I'm taking Brady, Breeze, Manning, Favre, both Mannings, Roethlisberger, 
Fifth all-time passing yards. You got to take Roethlisberger. He's got two Super Bowls, and he lost a third. Phillip Rivers? I would take uh, A-Rod over Phil Rivers. Phillip, Phillip Rivers has 4,000 more passing yards. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers over Matt Ryan. I'm taking Dan Marino over Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. And Dan didn't win. But I, if you're telling me I, I need a quarterback, I'm taking Dan Marino. We're Staff- and, we're in their Stafford. primes. In their primes. Stafford's, Stafford's 11th, 52,082 yards. Matthew Stafford or Aaron Rodgers? Ooh. I think that's close, bro. The problem for Stafford in that conversation is playoff appearances. Yeah. Yeah. I it's it's tough. Stutterers. Is Aaron the second best QB in the AFC East? I no, I Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers. We this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Josh Allen might be the best example of current day Aaron Rodgers. Like he young chokes, guy Aaron he's Rodgers. Choked in the, choked is strong. He hasn't won a Super Bowl yet, but he's obviously he's far younger. Yeah. I mean, I think that Yeah, that's tough, dude. I I I it, once Josh Allen wins, he's better. But he he can't say he's better until he's won. I mean, I I think he's got a better body. I think he's got a better arm. I think instinctually he's the same. Like, you know, it's close. You know, I go to some of these. I like I look at. I mean, obviously, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers over Tua. Yeah. Is, I mean, I think Aaron's probably number two in that division behind Josh Allen. But I have no. What is New England going to be this year? Average. Are they going to be fourth in that division? Because I think two is probably going to have a big year. Yeah. Joe Burrow, yes. Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Right? Anybody in Pittsburgh? Aaron no. Rodgers. The washcloth in Cleveland? Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Deshaun. Uh, five head or Aaron Rodgers? Five head or Aaron Rodgers? Dude, Trevor Lawrence. Dude, you are so slurping him. We, I'm not. <laughs> I, mean, I probably would. If five he, head. If he gave me some of that crypto. <laughs> um, but if you think about Trevor Lawrence, if he puts up another year better than he had last year, you probably I, are going to need. You're probably going to need some knee pads. Because, I mean, if if Trevor Lawrence puts up another year like he had last year and and better. Honestly, I'd start stroking, guys. Dude. (laughs) Dude. I'm taking Burrow. I'm taking Herbert. Jimmy Garoppolo. No, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um, Jalen Hurts or Aaron Rodgers. Right now, it's Aaron Rodgers because Jalen lost. No, get the... Right now, today, you need a playoff quarterback. Who are you taking? Stop. You paused. <laughs> Jaylen, How do I'm you even pause? Jaylen. You got to take Jalen. He I got was... to the Super Bowl. Stop. Today, current day, yes, Jalen. Overall, Aaron Rodgers. Dak or Aaron Rodgers? God. Aaron Rodgers. Probably. Daniel Jones? No. No. Whoever's in Washington? No. No. Uh, Kirk Cousins or Aaron Rodgers? You got to take Aaron Rodgers, but they both lose regularly in the playoffs. Kirk That's hasn't close. even been close. Oh, God. We come now to the point of the program where Jake turns into Brooks Kepka. You got to get stroked. And he starts stroking dudes. Honestly, I'd start stroking guys. Jared Goff or Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> 
I mean, I'm again, taking jerk off, bro. I'll tell you guys. I have been loosening my throat muscles. I'm taking jerk. I mean, again, they both have one, right? <laughs> right? No. No, Jared Goff did not win a Super Bowl. Oh. My bad. Jared Goff didn't win a Super Bowl. Right? Jared Goff did not win a Super Bowl. They lost that one? They lost it. Didn't they lose in? Oh, God. now you're making. Now I got to look. I can't remember. They lost in. Who did they lose to? No, he's not. He lost. I'm telling you, he yeah, lost the Super lost, Bowl. Yeah. Who'd they lose the Super Bowl to? I can't remember who they lost the Super Bowl to. It's fine. Um, oh, Patrick Mahomes, I think. Yeah. I'm just telling you, Jared Goff is not a good quarterback. Uh, Bryce Martin, Goff had one of the worst performances in Super Bowl history. Oh, it was the Patriots. Okay. Oh, the Patriots. The Patriots. Yes. Yeah, 2018. Yeah. Tom Brady, Patriots 10 and 9. They lost to the Patriots in 2018. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Tanner says, I'm taking Rodgers over Hurts because you're an idiot Eagles fan. <laughs> Jesus. Eagles fans, are, uh, Eagles fans are the worst fans in the NFL. <laughs> Jalen Hurts, like, he could throw for a million. Jalen Hurts breaks an all-time record for a Super Bowl. He throws for 17 million yards and 41 touchdowns. But they lose on a missed field goal. Fucking Hurts, he sucks. Stay hard. <laughs> That's who Eagles fans are. Like, he's terrible. Bryce Harper sucks. <laughs> That's who Philly fans oh, are. Oh, man. It's never going to. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers over Jalen Hurts. I won. Okay. Well, because you're used to losing. <laughs> Fucking assholes. Better send those refunds. <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Because you're used to losing. It's Philly. They win Bro. occasionally. And stuff. What? Jalen's no, uh, what, Big Dick Nick, right? That's what they call him nowadays, isn't it? Nick Foles? Thank you, Brady Cook. I'm an Eagles fan, and I'm taking Hurts over Aaron. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Wow, coming from a Bears fan, that's serious. You're, take, you're taking that, Tanner. But, oh, but, dude, I don't even have a dog <laughs> in the fight. This guy embraces it. He <laughs> yeah, fully I, embraces that the Bears suck. Expectations, bros. I know, reset. The Bears are never winning anything, ever. We don't have a quarterback. Have never, won't ever have a quarterback. Because it's garbage. It's the Chicago Bears. Fuck, dude. I can't even win a golf match wearing an orange Bears hat. I li- I, the Bears are so bad. <laughs> I play golf wearing a ball cap every single time. If I wear the orange Bears hat, I, I, I'm i 57 over par. <laughs> okay, fuck you. How's that? Put on the Cubs hat, and all of a sudden we're, we're stroking 81. Yeah, stroking. Uh, Mike Smith, Philly is full of haters. Yes, it is. Jets fans are worse. We'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, let's see. Moth Prof. Philly fans don't even like Philly fans. No, they don't. No, they don't. Uh, Tanner, yes, Monty, that's true. Eagles fans are the worst fans in the NFL. I'm a fan of the Eagles, not their fan base. Well, that makes you an Eagles fan, <laughs> which means well, you do the math. When is parade? Uh, <laughs> parade's never coming. No. Uh, Mike Maples, it's a big C Brock now, now my friend. It's a big C Brock. Mike, what am I missing? What did I miss? Saul Goodman, uh, the Cowboys win every Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah they do. Just ask Jerry. He'll yeah. tell you. Ask the Texas Longhorns about national championships. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> PHX Master, Tanner isn't even from Philly with how he is talking exactly. Jeff Hostetler or Aaron Rodgers? Phil Sims or Aaron Rodgers? Bro. I'm serious. Now, Phil Sims had Lawrence Taylor and Mark Bavaro. You don't even know who fucking Mark Bavaro is. 
Kurt Pavlakwa. Uh, Kurt Pavlakwa. <laughs> <laughs> Send a fucking car to get his ass. The Tommy Lasorda ran about Kurt Pavlakwa. Do you guys remember that? Look up, a, get, searching on YouTube after the show where Kurt, Kurt Pavlakwa had criticized Tom Lasorda. Tommy is talking to the media and he's like, Pavlakwa sucks. For a 200 hitter. I'll send the limousine to get the cocksucker. Yeah, if I was facing him, I'd send a limousine. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was an epic, epic rant. Epic rant. Um, New York Jets training camp gets underway uh, today, by the way. Ooh, Adrian Wojnarowski with a Woj firecracker. Okay. Uh, Oklahoma City coach Mark Daniel has signed a contract extension. Nice, dude. Okay, cool, bro. Cool. When's uh, dude? No, I'm not gonna get in. <clears throat> I'm not getting in OKC because no. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers or Morton Anderson. <laughs> okay. Uh will ayahuasca, which is not spelled that way, help Zachy Poop? Probably. The darkness retreat. Wonder uh, if they have so a darkness retreat. There's salty room. drunk. Rudy Gobert or Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce Martin, Steve Young, or Aaron Rodgers? Stop. Saul Goodman, Victor's the way or Aaron Rodgers? Bro. <laughs> Victor's you the guys, way. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. How many games do the Jets win this year? Better be 10. Better be 10, dude. Okay, so let's look at let's look at the JTS. And you tell me if you think you really think they're gonna win 10 games. It better they better. They won't. 9-11, home against the Bills. Um, Loss. At the Cowboys. Win. Patriots. Win. Chiefs. Loss. At the Broncos. Loss. Eagles. At Eagles? No, home for Eagles. That's a win. At the Giants. Loss. Uh, win, win, sorry, win. Sex Machine. That'd be the Chargers. I'd like to say they'd win that game, but... At the Raiders. Win. At the Bills. Loss. Versus the Dolphins. Loss. Falcons. Win. Texans. Uh, win. At the Dolphins. Loss. Commanders. Uh, win. win. At at the uh, at the washcloth. <laughs> win. At the Patriots. <laughs> uh, win. We'll see. I think that's nine wins. Nine wins. I think they lose to the Bills. I think they lose to the Cowboys to start 0-2. They beat the Patriots. They beat the Chiefs. So that's two. How you haven't beaten the Chiefs? They beat the Broncos. That's three. They lose to the Eagles. They beat the Giants for four. They beat the Chargers for five. They lose to the Raiders. They lose to the Bills. They lose to the Dolphins. They beat the Falcons for six. The Texans for seven. They lose to the Dolphins. They beat the Commanders for eight. Uh, they beat the uh, Washcloths for nine. And they lose to the Patriots. Nine wins. Nine wins. I think they start 0-2 and it's dude, nine if wins. You're, I don't know where you're getting there beating the Chiefs, dude. At home. The no. Jets will beat the Chiefs on October 1st, Sunday Night Football at Metcalf. No. Why do you say no? That's a home loss. Dude, the Jets are arguably going to have. Did you see Will McDonald roll in the Jets camp today? On a fucking skateboard. They're going to win games. Their defense is going to be I'm amazing. I'm saying they won't win games. But they're not beating the Chiefs. They're not beating the Chiefs. Pat Mahomes and Brittany. I don't Brittany, care how good that defense look, is. Look, Brittany's rack is going to beat the Chiefs. 
they're not they're losing to the Chiefs. That's the untrained eye. No, actually, I think they'll beat the Chiefs. Uh, I thought their draft was really good. I do think Will McDonald's going to be amazing. I think that defense, you look at the Jets' defense, and you start to understand that that defense is – I don't know how you're going to stop that. I don't know what you do. Brees Hall's back. I don't know what you do. In the, to, how do you throw on Sauce Gardner? How do you how do you throw on how do you throw on him? How do you like you you look at the interior of that defense? How do you throw with Quinn and Williams coming for that A? How? Yeah. I don't and, and you can't tell me that Robert Sala isn't going to scheme Travis Kelsey to death in New York. I think they I think they beat the Chiefs and I think they beat the Chiefs and they still only win 9 games. Yeah. And they still only win 9 games. I think that Sauce Gardner is he's going to have a breakout year. I think that could could potentially be the best defense in the NFL. And I don't I, they win 9 games. Okay. Saul Goodman 11 and 6 is possible. Oh, it a, you want to know what the uh, you want to hear upside? Let's play super positive about you know Aaron Rodgers and all the girls Massive he's left in the trail of upside dust. Upside potential with minimal downside risk. They beat the Bills, they beat the Cowboys. Um, they beat the Patriots, the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Eagles, the Giants, the Chargers, the Raiders. They lose at, I don't see any way they go and lose at the Bills. Right, so that's one loss. They beat the Dolphins, Falcons, Texans, Dolphins, Commanders, Browns, Patriots. This could be a one-loss team. Because I don't see any way they go to Buffalo. All their other road games are winnable. Congratulations, but that's bullshit. I mean, it's very difficult to go to Miami and win. Because, I mean, you sweat. I mean, quite literally, there's sweat dripping off your taint. Like, you sweat so much in Miami. I mean, I've seen DJ Khaled golf. And right down the middle. Speaking of taints, like, put those two together in your mind, visual. I'm just saying, I think it's very difficult to go to Miami and win. I agree. They could be a one-loss team. Now, is that going to happen? No, because it's Aaron Rodgers. He always loses multiple games he shouldn't lose. You know. Uh, Gabriel says, so by that prediction, they win the NFC. Well, I mean, if they were in the NFC, but they're not, so they can't really <laughs> win the NFC. I mean, I could be wrong. Uh, Bryce Martin, they split with the Bills and sweep both the Dolphins and Patriots. How do you go to Miami? I don't think you – I think the biggest landmines on their schedule – at the Cowboys week two, the Chiefs on Sunday night football, October 1st, which is week four, that Eagles game is going to be. I was going to say, yeah, that Eagles game is one of them. I think at and here we go with the fucking giant. This is the Saquon Barkley problem. That's a win without Saquon. Dude. What, what happens if Saquon Barkley doesn't play in that game? It's a win. That's a win. Yeah. If Saquon plays. Different conversation. Different conversation. But I would say right now, even with Saquon, the Jets are a better team. Just their road games. At the Cowboys, very winnable. At the Broncos, winnable. At the Giants, winnable. Raiders, winnable. At the Bills, you're not going to Buffalo and winning that game. You're not. Even though it's not a primetime game, it's November 19th, you're not going there and winning. Yeah. Um, At the Dolphins, I think that's a very difficult game. Winnable, yes. Is Tua's head in one piece? Probably not. Man, I don't want to watch that again this year. Neither dude. do I. That was so painful. At the washcloths, that that's a winnable game. At the Patriots, I don't know. Ask me what Bill O'Brien does for Mac Jones. 
Because yeah. I think Bill O'Brien could be a game changer for Mac Jones. Yeah. And I am not of the belief, and I don't know what you guys think, but I'm not of the belief that Bill Belichick's on the hot seat. No. Nah. There's all this talk about, you know, Belichick getting fired. He made major changes to the staff. They're going to make or break on Mac Jones. The defense hey, we're is going to be the defense is going to be really good. I don't think he's on the hot seat. Yeah. I think Bill O'Brien has a very tall task. But can you can you expect to go to the Patriots? I, man, that's a tough that's a tough assignment in January. Now, who knows who's going to be healthy or whatnot? But I mean, if you just have Ramondre Stevenson and a a fully capable Mac Jones, that offense is a problem. Yeah. And that doesn't even that doesn't even account for Tyquan Thornton, who I think can have a much bigger season than he had last year. Yeah. Right? Like that doesn't even account for him. Their offensive line's gonna be good. Like I the biggest question is Mac Jones. Is Mac Jones competent? Is Mac Jones an NFL quarterback? I don't know because he's had two defensive coordinators coaching him. As a quarterback, the defensive guys were coaching him. So the question is, does Bill O'Brien make that much of a difference for Mac Jones? I I would guess Bill O'Brien has a huge impact on Mac Jones. But if we're truth-telling, I mean, the only thing that's going to save Mac Jones is bucked-up energy. That's right. If he's taken buckshot before the game. Now Now you're winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. Because surely by now, Mac Jones has done what all of you have done, and you've gotten into the description of the show, and you've gotten your free samples of Buckshot and Buck Bars, right? Obviously. Bucked up, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. Thanks. I espouse about them daily on this fine program, and I tell you every single day, I love my Buckshot, and look how much energy we've had for the last two hours. Yeah. Feeling great, feeling good. How are you? I'm telling you, live your life the right way. Get in the bucked up. Get into the buckshot. Get into the bucked up energy drinks, you guys. They they have they have energy at every level that you need. 100 milligrams of caffeine in the white can, 300 milligrams in the black can. It's always sugar free. You can always get the the white gummy bear. You can always get the bucked up Miami, which I'm telling you, those two are the goats of bucked up energy drinks. I love them, and I'm telling you, the buckshot makes a huge difference. But if you're somebody that's in the gym, and again, I just point to Mrs. Monty doing her triathlon, they have game-changing products for you. This endurance product that, that they have that helps you um, build up and, and take part in 35-mile bike rides and swimming and running, it's a product that really helps you push through those barriers that you always see that make you get off your bike and turn around or make you stop running or make you stop swimming. Don't do that to yourself. Push through the barriers with Bucked Up. Use their endurance product. Their protein is phenomenal. Their creatine is phenomenal. They make products that do the job. Quality ingredients that that are absolutely the foundation for game-changing products. Bucked Up Energy. Use the promo code MONTY20 to get 20% off at checkout at buckedup.com. Let's see. Uh, Salty Drunk says, good to see you back in your trusty black, Monty. Thank you. I had on blue yesterday, and everybody was commenting about it. Uh, you know, truck stop Gumby says I'm back. Good to see you. We missed you. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Zappin says bucked up is better than Viagra. It is. It, 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 was there ever? You're not a wrong. I mean, not. You're not was wrong. there, was there <laughs> ever a question? <laughs> Real quick, because then we have to get to National Hot Dog Day. Am I the only one who thinks it's crazy what the Sixers are trying to do with James Harden? 
So James Harden opted into what is $35 million player option, I think it was? 35 or 36, yeah, something like that. And he did that so they could trade him and to guarantee himself a payday. But ask yourself this question. Is Daryl Morey, the general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers, asking for too much when he is demanding a championship-caliber player in return? I think he's asking for too much, and I think it, it is an indication about what we've been hearing the last 10 days that James Harden and Daryl Morey's long, well-documented friendship has come to an end. And I think that James Harden... Wants out of Philly more not more because he hates Daryl Morey, not because he doesn't think he can't win there. Yeah, that could be. And I think he'd love to go to the Clippers, but I don't think Daryl Morey is going to do anything to send him to the Clippers because the Clippers won't trade Paul George, apparently, which would be the best trade I think that's out there. Yeah. And I think that's the message that Daryl Morey was sending with this comment. I think he's going to wind up. My guess is James Harden doesn't get traded. I could be wrong. Could be a total guess. Well, the problem with asking for a championship player in return is that James Harden is not a championship player. That's the problem. Yeah, but I think he showed he can play at that level last year. Yeah, I mean, he was but, a huge part of their success. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. But but James Harden, even in his prime, wasn't a championship player. Now. You can put him on That's a team. Uh, he that, is very Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So, like, this is a guy that goes to the playoffs, big-time scorer, can do a lot for you. But ultimately, I, I, I think it's outlandish to be asking for, you know, the best of the best in return when the the guy you're trading isn't the best of the best. Is he is he second cut? Yes. Is he right on par with Jalen Brown? Yes. In my opinion, James Harden is still a Jalen Brown-level player. Absolutely. He's still right there. But... Again, Jalen Brown is nothing without Jason Tatum. So, again, that's why I say they're on the same playing field. So, for me, like, yeah, is their friendship coming to an end? Sure. Great. But the reality of the situation is nobody's going to give a damn about your friendship with Daryl Morey five years from now when you haven't won anything. That's the problem. Yeah, I think that's a huge problem. I think it's a huge problem. Mike Maples, Harden is a regular season warrior, but he was really good in the playoffs this year. He was really good in the playoffs. He, I thought he made a big difference for him. Now he had a couple of no-show games. I totally get it. He was a big reason why Joel Embiid was the NBA MVP. Look, there's no a there's, big reason. There's no doubt that James Harden has a big impact on games. So you can't. There's no doubt about that. Like we need to make sure that we don't exaggerate. You know his shortcomings because he is a great player. But I just don't think James is that guy. Where you're like, dude. If I had James Harden into this mix. We're winning a championship because I think that's absolutely that's, that's it. the thing for Harden is because the Brooklyn situation went so south so quickly. I think people really now question, hey, is it worth it to give up our assets to bring Harden in? Because, again, the Brooklyn thing had championship written all over it. And you played exactly like what, 15 games together or whatever it was. Yeah. And not all of that's on Harden, but Harden had a big to do with that. But I agree with Salty Drunk. Harden is toxic. Yeah. There's no I think you're exactly right. I think he's less toxic than Kyrie, but he's still toxic. Saul Goodman, James Harden's a poor Rick Ross. <laughs> you know. A beard game though. Mike Smith is Harden trying to be the first player to play for every team. I think first is. team all fat suit. Why? 
Fat. Why? He's fat. Big. Dude, he's big bone. I know. It's just a frame thing. That's but, a, but it's a lot of cock weight. Somehow, um, somehow, dude puts on 30 pounds every time he wants to be traded. Could be. Harden to the Knicks would be a good mix. Mike Maples, Harden is a regular season warrior. Truck stop Gumby. I'm going to pretend that Aaron discussion didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Gabriel, I don't see Harden getting traded this season. Almost uh, teams are running it back and don't want to trade for a while. Trade deadline could be wild. Brandon Butler, Maury is an Ainge Tree GM. He is starting way high to get much as much as possible. It's all posturing. Could be. I agree with that. Uh, Governor, Mayor, why not make him the president? Big 12 in Dallas, McCluskey. Yeah, and stuff. The dictator, McCluskey. Keyword being dick. Uh, Rockets. <laughs> Rockets win the title with Harden and Chris Paul. Rockets win the title when Harden and Chris Paul were there if they weren't for glass man Chris Paul and getting injured. Well, candy's I, nuts. And dude. I still believe there's a stain from Chris Paul's groin on the Toyota Center floor. This is true. Salty drunk. James Harden's trade value is today's version, not Houston Harden. Totally That's agree. what I'm saying, dude. Even in his prime. Oh, saw Harden or KD? Well, I think you have to take KD. You do? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Absolutely. I think, you know what I think is fascinating about KD recently? Hmm. He said, I can't remember his exact quote. You can go find it. But he was talking about the fact that he's, he's one of the greatest players the game's ever seen. Uh, or he would, I think he said he would be the greatest player the game's ever seen. Uh, but the injuries have really limited him or something like that. I, like he admitted the injuries have really been a problem for him. And oh, I totally. wish more guys would do that. I wish more guys would be like, dude, yeah, I'm I'm one of the best players in this game, but the injuries have kind of held me back, and I'm really working through kind of uh, ensuring myself from that, like really trying to build my body and making sure that, you know, 38-year-old Kevin Durant can still be as productive as 30-year-old Kevin Durant was or whatever. I wish more top-cut guys would say that. And I think, you know, James Harden is, is, is no different. I mean, the guy... Like if James Harden tomorrow came out and said, yeah, you know, like I, I have scoring titles, I have MVPs or whatever, like I've got all this individual stuff, but it just hasn't worked out for me to win a championship yet. And that's really what I'm focused on. I think his trade value goes up instantly. Yeah, but how often is that? I mean, guys don't want to say that, but I think in today's no. in today's marketplace with trades, I think the people on the comment section saying, hey, you know, trades aren't like teams aren't being as aggressive in the trade market. I think that's spot on. They're not. Shut up. We have to talk about Taylor Swift. Swifties, dude. Swifties. Okay, real quick, because then we have to go. Did you guys hear this about Santa Clara, California? Pac 12 country. Now listen. You can't guys, 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 you, guys, you can't guys. talk loudly hey guys. about Taylor Swift because the Swifties are coming for their air. The last time we talked about Taylor Swift on this show, the Swifties came out and called me a child molester. Damn. Do you remember that? Bro. We were talking about Taylor Swift. We were talking about Taylor Swift getting run through like a hot knife through butter <laughs> by a bunch of bros. And <laughs> I personally would like an apology. And I said that I did not find Taylor Swift attractive. I didn't sleep for the past two nights because of this. I was that upset. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, she's, listen. Right, the list is prodigious. I like strawberries. She's very vanilla. It's, I, she's just not my I flavor. will chain you to a pipe! And like 10 people are like, oh, you're a pedophile. You're a, you're a pedo. Like, 
Okay, so she's not 12. I don't know if you guys know this anymore. Taylor Swift's not like, you were Romeo and the juicy kitty cat. Like, maybe, she, maybe not. Yeah, maybe fuck yourself. Yeah, like she's not that girl anymore. Right. Right? I can talk about the adult version of Taylor Swift just not being attractive without she's people 33. being like, you're a pedo, bro. Yeah, look, Larry, take it easy. So when we talk about Taylor Swift, we have to whisper. Maybe your mom didn't go to heaven. Well, it's, my mom is a hoe. But it, the oh, point no. is, yeah, oh, my. nobody distorts this. But the point is, if we're going to talk about Taylor Swift, you have to whisper. Because when you say shit like Taylor Swift is overrated as I a musician. I will downsize your face with a shovel. As a musician and as a hottie, she's way overrated. And I don't understand why Santa Clara is going to make her the mayor of Santa Clara for two days. It became personal with me. And rename the town Swift Clara or whatever they're calling it. Dude. I don't understand it. It's Swifty Clara, please. Oh, Swift. It's what yeah. they're like calling it yeah, Swifty Clara. I got a picture of the article in there. Swifty Clara. Swifty Clara. Yeah. Sorry if you're offended by that. You're renaming your town. Swifty Clara. The city council on Tuesday will proclaim Swift as an honorary mayor and name Santa Clara Swifty Clara, <laughs> while her highly anticipated <laughs> Eras Tour concert makes its Levi's Stadium stop. You're a douche. <laughs> Look. Guys, 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 guys. J.K. Marshall told you earlier to stop throwing around douche like it was a compliment. He's just a hack. But she probably needs a douche. My point is, you're renaming your town after Taylor Swift. Why do this? Um, what am I missing? And I and listen, <laughs> Enchanted is a really good song. I like Enchanted. Meet you. I get it. <laughs> right. I, I I saw your work as ET and ET. I get it. Bro. You're talented. Are we renaming cities after Taylor Swift for crying out loud? Do we have to rename an entire city after her for two days? Yeah. Why? But it's mad bad. You got you listen, you guys. I trust I trust my Monty Nation. I don't know what our fans are called. The Montes? The Monty clan. You got to take the thing off the... Oh, yeah. Whatever. Okay, the, my bad. Take that Sorry. Shot screen, yeah. Sorry. Hey, can we get some pictures of Taylor here? No. Let's see. No. Oh, look. It's an E.T. movie poster. Bro. <laughs> you know, like, I... I it, it, she, it's just not my flavor of soda. <laughs> Clearly. Right? Like, I It's just, a little too carbonated, huh? <laughs> like, you're, you're just not... You, I, I, it, all I'm saying is, what am I missing about Taylor Swift? What's that song, Hero? Sure. Or Villain or whatever it is. Whatever it's hero. called. Hero. Hero? Okay. I think it's Hero. Yeah. I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah. It's me. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I should, I'm telling you. Dude. I can sing bro, her. If, How talented can she be if I can sing her song? So, buddy, in the Oklahoma State dude said you were going to die because you're Mormon and old. Dude, that's not why you're going to die. No, because the, the Swifties, Swifties are, are coming. coming. The Swifties are coming, and it's Gucci. Gabriel says, flavor of soda, LOL. True. Anti-hero, damn it. My bad. Uh, dude, get it right. My bad. It's me. Please. I, I'm the problem. It's you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Taylor Swift's no Margot Robbie, but she'll that's do. That's what I'm saying, dude. Meow, Margot Robbie. Had good times in Taco Bell drive through 
John Walling to Taylor Swift. <laughs> what? John Walling dancing to Taylor Swift. Uh, okay. Uh, J.K. Marshall, Monte Clara. That's when there I'm you saying. go. Say Monte Clara. Uh, McCluskey, Swifties or Aaron Rodgers? Damn, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Monte Clan, LOL. Uh, Mike Smith, the full Montes. Nick Saban is a better man than Taylor Swift. <laughs> Nick Saban is a better man than you are. <sighs> so what am I missing about Taylor Swift? Well, she's an icon, certainly. I mean, you know, love her, hate her. She is obviously an icon. Of what? Music. Okay. Certainly music. Okay. That That's fine. You, you, is she really? An, what what yes. do you mean when you say icon? One of the biggest names in music. Sure. Absolutely. I okay. mean, you have, what was it? The, one of the top, the, se- she, I think she is the most um, profitable tour ever. This one is going to be yeah, at the well, end of the day. Uh, the era tour, I think it was the Fed maybe, or one of the government agencies came out and said that the era tour is so big that it's making an impact on the national economy or something like that. Like she's, she is massive dude. Yeah. And, and I agree, I, you know, her music is a certain flavor. I, she has some good music, but most of it is a pass for me, but that doesn't change the fact that she has hundreds of millions of fans. Yeah. Romeo and Juliet was a good song. It's fine. It's fine. Scarlet Letter, fine. I just, yeah. I don't know. I'm not enamored with her. Kay Nuren says uh, the Monty Mormon show is the best. Yeah, you know what I mean? You know. Uh, the Montaneers could be. Okay, her real name, quick. Yes, her we, name alone will sell 100 million albums. It will. Real quick, because we got to go. Yeah. National Hot Dog Day today. Yes. Can, can we get to Superdog real quick? Real it's, quick. It, it is National Hot Dog Day. Yeah, yeah. And Superdog in Chicago. Is the greatest hot dog on the on the planet? Greatest hot dog stand on the planet, dude. Ever. Look at that thing. Look at that thing. There ain't a hot dog. There ain't a hallway that hot dog can't fill. Can you measure it? Look at look at those fries. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. I miss super. You see dog. how simple the presentation is, though. On a metal tray, just get to just get to it. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing. If you're getting a hot dog, where are you going? I'm going uh... to Costco. Yeah, locally, probably Costco. Yeah, if if I'm not in Chicago for Superdog, I'm going to Costco for a hot dog. What is uh? What about Portillos? If what about Portillos? Where's Port? Because there's not a Portillos here. I like Portillos hot dogs. And now you're out on Portillos. Wow, I'm dying. I it, it was all right. Portillos. You don't like Portillos. I I I like Portillos combo sandwich. That's what I am. Hot dog, no ketchup. Stop. Dude. Don't start this shit. I am telling I'm, you now. Hot dogs are sandwiches, and you absolutely put Everybody ketchup on Everybody is outraged. We talked about this the other night because Mrs. Monty made a salad when we made our pork chops that I dipped in ranch and loved it. <laughs> and you know why I dipped my pork chops? And if I had... I, you know, we did it, Bob's, and I know that I'm probably going you to be want to know kicked why out I of. Use ranch. I'm going to be kicked out of the the Omni Hotel for this, and I totally <laughs> understand it. <laughs> when we were at Bob's Steak and Chops in Plano the other week, last week, I got those fries with gravy. Jake got them, and I got a strip steak, and I dipped my strip steak in that gravy. What would I do without you? And I'm telling you, Bob. It was amazing. So good. And you know why I dipped my strip steak in that in that gravy? Because I paid for it and I can do whatever I want. 
as a pimp, I pimp when I'm pimping. We're in a control position. Which is to say, <laughs> put hot dogs in a sandwich category and put ketchup on them if you want. Ketchup, onion, relish, tomato. Pickle. Boom. Pickle. Why do you have to be a topper? Because the pickle is the ultimate topper. Says the guy that's a catcher, not a pitcher. My point is, my point is, when it comes to hot dogs, ketchup belongs on hot dogs. Filling in for somebody. Now, if you like mustard instead of ketchup, okay, you're much like Jake. You're a back-to-front guy. That's Dude, your choice. I'm not a back-to-front guy, bro. Come on now. That's no, your, I'm not doing that. That's I'm your not a choice. back to front guy, and I'm team lean. Come on, but dude. What I'm telling you is, what I'm telling you is, hot dogs are hot dogs, and their sandwiches and ketchup belong on hot dogs. Scock. Onions belong on hot dogs. Relish belongs on hot dogs. Tato, tomatoes belong on hot dogs. Tomatoes. And yeah, if you want to throw up a, a dill pickle on there, let's go. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Nobody said boo. Right. Now, again, as somebody who's trying to be less fat, I'm not eating a lot of hot dogs. J.K. Marshall. Jake's a total back-to-front guy. He can't, he can't hide it. I am not a back-to-front guy, dude. 100%. No, I'm not. 100%. Ding, no, I'm not, Dingleberries dude. all over him. Dude, I am not a back-to-front guy, hanging bro. everywhere, man. You can't turd. You know, little extras for the no. No, dude, no. Saul Goodman, hot dog, no blue cheese. Bless you, sir. Uh, Jim Choi, Dijon mustard belongs in hot dogs, no ketchup. I, Dijon Jim, he would be a mustard he, guy, dude. He would. Uh, Jeremy Callahan, I can do ketchup on hot dogs if there are also onions, mustard, and preferably also ma- horseradish. Dude, what? Bro. No horseradish. Clint Moses. Moses. Okay. Uh, Jakey Two Holes is a catcher. No surprise. Back to front. <laughs> exactly. Uh, olives, pepperoni, and blue Stop. cheese on a hot dog. Stop, dude. McCluskey. No. Know your role. Uh, giggity, try some guac and pico to make it a Mexican dog. Dude, oh, no. that's so. Oh, it's so good. Guac and pico hot dogs. Dude, Mexican. That's the untrained eye. I'm telling you, the Mexican community knows. Ooh. Jeremy Callahan, back to front guy equals long snapper. Exactly Bro, right. Stop. Yes. 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 Horseradish is the bomb. No. No, dude. No. No. Mike Maples, give me chili on my dog all day. Elaine Tran, chili cheese on my hot dog. Oh. Ding. Jake BTF, sack looks like a mud flap. <laughs> Jesus Christ, bro. What? <laughs> Hold on. Dude just said <laughs> sack looks like a oh, mud flap, bro. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> Which narrative is more accurate? Jake being a back to front guy or Jake still being a virgin? Back to front all day. <laughs> By the way, I've never seen him wipe his ass, so I don't know. Um, my in-laws wrap it all in bacon and add mayo. Yeah, wrapping it up, you know. We're talking about hot dogs, right? Honestly, um, it's broken, guys. Dude, it's too early for <laughs> shenanigans. Dude said sack looks like a mud flap. Oh, my God. That's awesome. The Monty Show, as always, is presented by our good friends at The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business, you guys. They are helping kids that are homeless get back to school with all the gear, clothing, everything they need. Please, if you have a dollar, five dollars, a hundred dollars, 
Venmo, advocates, donations. Tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Say, hey, here's $5 for a homeless kid. It's so important. Take care of our children. The Advocates, theadvocates.com. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.